I'm only going to get out of this favela if I die for this favela or if I'm in jail. Those are the only two times that I'm not going to be in here. I, I don't know if you're going to be able to see, like, right here. Do you see it? Oh, shit, yeah. If that bullet came right here, I would never walk again, man. I would even die, man, honestly. Wait, hold on. What was this situation? Tell me this situation, this, this getting man, shot at. This day was pretty crazy, man. We were like... So you went to the USA illegally, right? The cop just turned right next to me with the gun in my face. He's like, lay down, lay down, lay down. You lost, you lost, you lost. He's stitched up from up here. He's all cut open all the way to his belly button. And honestly, I've seen, man, I've seen cops using drugs like in front of me. They would get my, a lot of times and they got me full of drugs. And what did they do? They let me go. They're like, oh, you can go. I'm not going to bring you to jail. I'm going to stay with this all for me. So when you see them, they get they are on the cars. They're like with the guns out of the car looking like that and everything. Man, they use cocaine. You can know that for a fact. So about the snitching part, and I told you this beforehand, like I prefer not to do this anonymous so I can do clips. But you, you, what you're doing right now is not dry snitching. You don't believe you think you're everything's going to be fine because I don't want yeah, to. Man, too. That everybody knows here in Brazil. We know how it is, man. Like that time I thought that I was going to that my brother died, man. But then the jail six was, times. Yeah, man. But 30 guys is normal. But sometimes we have 50 guys in one cell. And it's like crazy, man. People sleep like this, standing up like on the wall. They sleep standing up, man, with their hands like this. If you move your hands, like if you put your hands here, you lose your space right here. So you have to sleep like this. 12 cocaine pins. Here we call them pins. You have 12. 10 is the boss's and two is yours. Those two, you can decide what you do, if you're going to use it or you're going to sell it. I'm going to shoot you 30 times in your face, and you're not going to step in here anymore. You said because, this? Yeah. And then the woman was like, I'm going to I'm gonna call the cop. A uh, kid with an assault rifle sitting down. We're doing this live and everything. I can't say some things. There are some things that I can't say. Back in bold. Oh, we're going to uncover the secrets of the favela today. I'm so excited and also disappointed because we were going to do this in person through a vlog. Yeah. Obviously, the situation occurred, and I'm pretty far away from uh, where you're at now, Thiago, but uh, I really am curious. We've had some good conversations already about this because when you think of Brazil, an outsider, right? For one, you think about the woman. Uh, you think about the, probably the soccer. And then, of course, you think about the favela, especially I think a lot of people – that grew up with the, the video games because in Call of Duty, the famous uh, map was that Modern Warfare 2 or one of those games was the favela, right? You played in the favela and and you're like, what the hell? People live in this like this is insane. And and you're from the favela. You also lived in the States illegally, which we're going to touch on. That is kind of fascinating. Mm -hmm. And you're back in the favela. So, you know, everything about it. And the best part is you can speak English. So, Thiago, how are you doing? You miss me over there? Yeah, man, I'm pretty good. Thank God. And it's a pleasure to be talking to you again. I miss you a lot. We all miss you. And honestly, man, it's it's amazing, man. Brazil, like you said, we have a lot of good things. We have some bad things that we need to talk about. It's really sad, but we also have amazing things. And we have to point that out to the world so they can see. And like I went to the United States, I was very young. I was like six years old and I got to live there. Especially I played that that game called Duty Modern Warfare 2 and the favela map. It's really cool, like how they got to connect Brazil with that very famous game, Call of Duty. So 
It was amazing. And now that I got back here, honestly, I'm with a totally different mind because I'm an adult and everything. I was very young when I lived here because, like, before I went to the U.S., my dad, he went first. So I stayed here just me, my older brother, my two older brothers, and my mother. So we had a pretty hard life, man, without my dad. And finally, we got the chance to go to the U.S. and get everybody together. And then we had to come back again. And my older brother stayed there. And now here it's me, my mom, and my other brother. So just four of us. But the good thing. Let, let me hop in. Let me, let me hop in this thing. So what yeah. I found fascinating, too, is uh, you told me when I was you know living in Belo Horizonte, you're like, Nick, the favela is probably the safest place in Brazil, right? Because everyone knows everyone, the community. It's people usually leave the favela to go do the bad stuff. Isn't that true or, or no? Yeah, that's fact. That's fact. Honestly, I was afraid, man, to come back to Brazil when I was living in the U.S. Like my mom said, we're going to go back. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to go back to the favela and everything. I don't know how it is. Everything is so dangerous there. I was thinking about that because, like, I didn't know exactly how it was, like, with a, an adult mind. I was here as a little kid, so I would see a lot of things, but I didn't like get to know how it was so when I got here I started to see the way that life was man and honestly I saw a bunch of loving people united and together in this community and that just like that got my full attention to to Brazil like the favela is a great place it's a fit it's a place for family that people don't have as good as condition as the people in the like downtown there where there's a bunch of buildings and everything here it's all from scratch man everybody like me and my dad we built our own house here in the favela we had to get everything plain and everything started building up from scratch we saw our neighbors growing up too everybody building their own house so like we see that's a very loving culture man honestly and it's there's a lot of poverty too. So we're most of the people here are poor. Most of the people here don't even have their houses painted. Like it's just on the straight from the brick and it stays like that. So people don't have money to build it, like to finish their houses. They build a very simple house, a lot of leaks when it rains. And that just shows us how hard life is. But no matter the circumstances, you see the smile on the people's face just to live, just to be next to the person they love. And that that's totally different, man. And then you go to the other part of Belarizante where it's just, we can say more rich people and everything. And there it's more dangerous because like it's, they don't see a lot of different people there and the people the bad people from the favela, they don't want to hurt the people that they love. So they recognize. So like the bad guys, they notice that we have to take care of each other here in the favela and everything. So they end up not wanting to do bad things here. And they say, we're going to go rob where the rich people are because they don't care about us. They treat us differently and everything. But like here, we don't have anything to be robbed too. So there's no reason for them to even to rob here. Like people that rob here in the favela, what what do they steal? They steal like um construction equipments, 
And the, if anybody steals in here, man, in the favela, you can already know that there is going to be punishment and not by the cops because usually they don't they don't find out. They can't find the person that stole anything. And the people here, the thugs, the, the people that we can say that take care of the favela, they like they do anything man, to protect the people that work, to protect the people that suffer to get their money, to buy their equipment, to buy their cars. And they take that very seriously, man. So if you rob anything in the favela, you're going to get punished. And everybody sees everything here because the houses, I don't know, like you've seen, they're like one next to each other. They're right next to each other. There's not even like a backyard or a front yard. There's only houses all over the place and they're mixed up and we just get together. But the yeah, so, gonna, I think so, we're going to get to a good place. Speaking of that, though, so you said the dudes that run it. Now, is it uh, is it a common misconception that it is uh, gang gangsters that are running it, like warlords, or who, who is in control of these favelas? Like I've heard different things. Like sometimes the police could have control over it too, and they're getting paid off and they're corrupt. I've heard like it's yeah. just up gang leaders, favela leaders. Who who runs these places? Because like they don't abide by the government rules, right? They don't abide by really anything. It's their own rules, yeah. their own community. Correct? Yeah. But like the the main thing like of people, it's they're normal people, man, that run the favela. Like it could be you, it could be me, it could be anybody that that just lives here that didn't, for example, the first way that you start here in the favela to join this gang thing, you just watch the favela. For example, you just stay in the street and you tell the people when the cops are gonna come. That's the first thing that you do. You just watch the favela. And then what do they do? They see that they can trust you. They put some drugs on your hands for you to sell to get money. So they sell drugs, weed, um, crack, cocaine, those things. And that's basically what, what gives them money to run the favela. So they sell drugs. And what do they offer to the people that live here, the people that work hard and everything? What do they offer? They just offer security. And they just don't want the people to rat on them, to tell what they're doing to the cops. And, like, they do a pretty good job on the security, we can say, because nothing happens, man, in the favela. It's really, you can sleep with your door open, that nobody will come in your house. And, like, um, so they're normal people, man, that just get go getting higher in the rank and the crime and the thug life and then you get you go get in a better opportunity in the crime like you then you start selling and then after you start selling you just start getting the money from the people that sold and giving it to the the higher ranker dudes the bosses of the favela and then the so the boss of the favela is literally a guy that just stays chill he just stays at his house and commands everything tells people to sell when they need more drugs when there's somebody that lives in the favela, a work, a person that works, that is a, a right person. When somebody is in danger, he already finds out. Like, usually it's somebody that grew up with everybody. So the boss of the favela is usually a, a guy that's like 50 years old that grew up in the favela. So everybody knows him. He knows everybody. So everybody that has a problem, they go talk to him and he accepts the thing. I'm not saying that he's a good person because he probably has done a lot of bad things like kill people, steal things. But 
they have a good side in them that you can you can be certain and here in the favela they some people are afraid because they sell drugs they stay with the guns and everything but the guns is just for like basically what everybody does in in war these days they just want power so like i want to make more money i'm gonna go take that favela for me i'm gonna go kill the boss of that favela so i can command everybody and that just that's what like generates the violence because they want more power everybody wants more power but there are lots of places like where i live man it's very calm nobody wants war with nobody there the people that sell drugs they don't even stay with the guns in the street they they don't even stay with the drugs in their hands like you see the person is just there they sell it like very they hide and everything so there's no shooting around here where i live it's a big favela very big it has been dangerous in the beginning where they had the wars to decide who's going to be the boss and now everything's decided so it's it's all right it's not bad man a lot of good points there um a thing you brought up earlier is kind of like uh you know, oh, let's go get from the rich people. They don't care about us, et cetera. I kind of want to bring up that that victim mindset because obviously there's a long history of the favela and why it happened. Um, I know a lot of the times, like in Rio, they wanted the land, you know, because it was good. And so they took all the poor people and shoved them in the little area and said, you stay there. We're going to build up this yeah. land for us. It's beautiful, right? Um, so I want to get into that because obviously – uh, you have a pretty robust uh, perception living in the States, uh, well-educated, doing well for yourself. But also, if we can talk about it, you were gang-banging. Like, you, you're you covered in tattoos. I want to yeah. hear what you think about that mindset, um, if it is prevalent in the favela. Because it sounds like a lot of people stay there for their whole life, right? They don't necessarily leave. Maybe yeah. for few reasons, like you said, it's an amazing community. It's fun. It's exciting. A lot of culture comes from there. It's not like – I saw some favelas in Rio where it's like, God damn, the inside looks pretty nice. Like you guys picked this out here, right? Or yeah. is it like that? No, I'm always going to be a victim. Like they're, they'll never accept me outside. Um, I'm just going to stay here and sit in my ways and not try to better myself. Do you see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. Here we use this saying, man, that we say favela vencil. That's like the favela won. So what do we say when we say we won? We win when we get out when we find a way to get out of here because we know that this place is good it's amazing we love it it but it's poor man there's nothing that we we don't have a lot of things here if we stay here we're only gonna stay here and not get our lives better and everything so everybody wants to win in life and that's what it is we find a way to get a job and everything so we can get money and we can get out of here we can buy a house in another place that's we know that it's dangerous because of the robbers and everything, because that's where the people go to rob. But it's a better life because here it's it's not good, man. And it's good, like the emotions, the love that people have. But for you to live here, man, it's very hard. Honestly, it's very hard to put food in your plate. There's a lot of people that that don't get out of here, but they're fighting their whole life to survive. So, like, they have their their children and they have to put food in their plate they work so they can pay the rent and put the food they don't get more money than just that they can't save any money they waste everything paying the rent paying the bills um buying food buying clothes those type of things and like the good thing i think that one thing that leaves us like 
that leaves us chill for us not to worry that much is the the hospital idea here. Like they help us a lot. So everybody here in the favela, we have this thing called the SUS. And man, I have like a, a, a hospital right next to my house inside of the favela. And you can go there for free. You can do you can pass through the doctors. They can see what you have, everything. They give you medicine for free. There's a lot of free things. So that keeps us like okay in the favela. So we can live. We have how, a, how, how fast is the timing though? Can you go in there and be out within an hour? Is is good? Like the speed of the process of the hospital? No, no. The, the speed it's pretty bad, man. It's yeah. very like if you get there at 7 a.m., 7 in the morning. Honestly, they we always have older people too, man, that have more of a necessity of their health and everything. They're sicker. So we we let them go first and everything. And usually it's more it's more old people that are at the hospital. So like if I go get there at seven, I'm probably gonna get out of the hospital at like twelve. You know, oh, that's it's, not terrible. That's not because yeah. like in Italy, I've been in a lot of places of free healthcare because the big thing is, oh, USA, you have no free healthcare, blase, blase. But like in Italy, I went to go get um, a test, uh, a sexual test. But uh, they said, that, so, oh, it's all free, right? Go in there. So I get the, the little coupon thing and mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, ciao, excuse me, you know, help me. And uh, it was like 8 o'clock in the morning. They're like, oh, yeah, it'll probably get in around like 4 p.m. I said, the fuck? So I went to go yeah. get pride. I'm like, I'm not waiting my whole day to do the line. So that's a whole nother topic, the whole free healthcare things. But I do know a girl who is a doctor in a favela, a couple hours away from Belo Horizonte. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says too, like, um, they really do a good job taking care of the people in there for, you know, what they can. But, uh, okay, let's get into some more clicky bait stuff. So the gang banging. So, okay, you grew up in the favela. You moved to the USA when you were six. We still need to talk mm-hmm. about the USA stuff too. Um, might as well actually, yeah, let's let's uh hold that the gang banging for later. Um, mm-hmm. take me through living there, what you learned, being an illegal uh immigrant, uh, yeah, just like the lessons of, of that experience because you were there for how many years? Six years, man. Yeah, so, t- t- so take me through. I basically, man, I consider myself very blessed, man, to be able to have that opportunity to go to the US because my dad he went illegally. Me, I got the visa for six months and I went. So I went legally. I went everything normal. Me, my mom, and my two brothers, we went legally. Just my dad went illegally. Did they know your dad was already there? No. Okay, so that's why. And they're like, you guys are going on vacation, you know? Yeah, yeah. We got the tourist visa. And then we got it for six months. But we got there in the U.S. and... Me, my brothers, we grew up without our father. So my mom was like, we finally got the chance to get the family all together. And let's not let's not separate this family. So we stayed there for the six months and we tried to renew our visa. We went there and tried to renew it, but they they denied it for us. And they said, no, you guys have to go back. But if your we father, were, your father was like making money and stuff, too, right? He yeah, was like, he's the one that. Yeah, so he went there. Just like we said, we say the favela won when we get out of here. And my dad got a chance to get out. So he got out of Brazil and he kept, man, he kept us alive, honestly, me and my family alive because he was working, sending money to us. He built like he 
not built because we built this house. He built the house from scratch. But while he was in the U.S., he was sending money. We were paying people to upgrade our house, to get our house bigger, get our house better. So honestly, me, I live in a pretty decent house here in the favela. It's it's a pretty big house, comfort. I have nothing to complain. But um, so like he, he was making a lot of money to help us. And he lived there. My dad lived in the U.S. for 11 years. We lived there for six. So like five years without even having contact with it. So then they denied it and we didn't come back, man. So we stayed there. My dad continued working a lot. My mom working a lot to maintain us alive and keep getting our lives what better. Doing? So what were what? they doing uh, like for being illegal? What kind of jobs were they doing? My dad was a carpenter. Okay. And my mom was uh, a house cleaner. So she would, she'd have a lot of houses, man. She'd clean a lot of houses. She would work very hard. My dad would build a lot of houses. And we met a lot of people, man, especially a lot of Americans. I love um, the USA because we had a lot of help from a lot of people. My mom and dad, they studied English at separate schools so they could learn. I went to school, man. I got there. I was... I was five years old and I was going to be six on the next month. So I was very young. I got into the school. I couldn't understand what anybody was saying, man. I didn't, I've never studied English in my life. So I would cry, man, inside the class. I would like, what is everybody saying? I want my mom. I, I don't know anybody here. I've never been in this situation. You're six years old at this point? Yeah, six yeah. years old. And then even for me to drink water, man, I would like raise my hand and I would do this. I didn't even know how to ask to drink water. To go to the bathroom, I would do this and make, like, a face. Honestly, man, it was pretty bad. But, like, thank God I, I got this woman that would work at the school. She could speak English. She'd speak Spanish. She'd speak Portuguese. She'd speak a lot of different languages, honestly. And she got me, my brother, and some other kids that were from different countries and she would take us out during our school time and give us some English lessons and everything. And then she'd send us back to the class and we would we would have to do that. So, like, it was pretty hard because we had to learn English and study with the kids at the same time and go up. So I went from first grade all the way to sixth grade. And then I came back and I had a very good life from that time, from six to 12 years old, honestly consider like comparing to the kids from my age that were my friends here in Brazil I was like I had the best life in the world man I had the best life in the world because here everybody suffered man my neighbor that lived in front of my house when I got back he wasn't he, he's not here anymore he died like gang banging and, and how old how old was he man I I he was younger than 18 he was probably like 15 16. That's a kid you like grew up with or playing with when you were Yeah, back? he did. when I got back, he was already dead. I got back, I was like 12. So he was probably like he was like two years older or even one year older. I don't remember that much his age, but and then the other kid that so my street right here, I would hang out with like four people, and that was my the neighbor that died. And then the other kid that I would hang out with, he doesn't get out of his house, man. I don't know why. Like he would hang out with that kid that died, but he doesn't get out of his house. He, he just stays in his house the whole day. Ever since I got here, I've never seen the kid on the street, and he never gets out. He's 
very big. He's fat. Like for staying inside a house, you know how it is if a person just doesn't do anything. So he's one. And the other one, he's like, he's a kid that, thank God, he didn't get into the gang banging and anything. He was a very good kid. And now he moved all the way to the north of Brazil to this place. My God, it's like near the Amazons. And he's doing some things for God, man, for church. So he went to a good direction. One died and the other one just stays in his house. He's like in a big depression, man. And like after I got here in Brazil, like, you know, that I got into that gangbang and things. I honestly, man, I was 11 years old, 12 years old. So like. I didn't have the mindset to be able to go through what I was going through, honestly, because nowadays I would do it totally different because I got here and it was very hard. So um, those are the only things that I could do or I could go to church and get with God and fix my life, like trust him or I could get into a depression or I could get into the gang banging and die. Those are the only three things. So tell me this though. So. You're having a blast. You're you you're happy. You went through the hard, you know, no English phase, and you start being accepted, right? And all of a sudden, boom, you got to go back to the favela, and you had no yeah. idea what's going on. So, yeah, take me through that mindset. So, you just had this little fairy tale in the United States, and now it all comes crashing down on you, and you're getting sent back to Brazil. Where's your head at? Yeah, and that was like that was the hardest part because I didn't. Ju- it wasn't just that. Like one year before we came back, so on my fifth year in the United States my dad got deported. So like that was like, how did that happen? So they just found him working. Like, did he get reported? Like what happened? No, no. What happened was he was driving and then he, there was a stop sign. So he, he stopped. Like, I don't think he stopped for the right amount of time. Cause he just yeah. looked, stopped, saw that there was no one coming and he went, but there was a, a car, a cop car coming way behind. And they saw him doing that. Like just seeing that there wasn't any cars and going, and then they went after him, stopped him, brought him to the police station, and got his fingerprints. And they said, no, you're fine. You don't have any criminal records or anything. I'm just going to tell you that you have to pay more attention and actually stop and stay at the stop sign for a little bit. Because if any other cops see you doing that, just stop, look, and go, they're going to want to stop your car. They're going to want to bring you to the police station. So just do what you got to do, man. Stop. And actually stop and look, but you're free to go. You can go back to your house. You don't have any criminal records, nothing. And then it passed like three, five days. And the immigration just went to my house and got my dad with the clothes that he was with and got just him. We were there on our fifth year and we had the visa for six months. And they got just my dad inside the house. I was sleeping. My my middle brother was sleeping. Just my mom and my older brother were awake. So I didn't even see my dad leaving, man. So they just yeah. boom, knocked on the door, took him out? Yeah, and just said, you're you're going to get deported because you're here illegally. What was he going to say? Nothing. Yeah. Well, he why, yeah why did they get you guys? I don't know. I still don't understand that. So you, yeah, you, you just my dad, he's been to the U.S. before. Like, bef- I was born, man. When I was born, my dad had already went to the U.S. and got deported. And then I got born. He was like, oh, shit, I got another son. Now... I gotta get like gotta get more money to to keep my family alive. So I'm gonna go back to the United States. I don't care. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna work more to give my more money to my family. And he went back, man. So like I think, but he had I don't know if he had been one time to the US or two times. 
I'm not sure, but this time that he stayed there, he could he got to stay there for 11 years, and then he got deported. Um. Okay. So then one day, boom, your dad's gone, and now you're like, what the fuck? So then when did they send you guys home? And then they they didn't send us home. We bought our tickets and everything, and came back home on an airplane with our passports. And so yeah, this was out of the blue. Then this shook up your guys's world, right? Yeah, because yeah, as soon as my dad got deported, my brother, my middle brother, he started smoking weed and he started getting out of the house, drinking, and that got my mom crazy, man. My mom would cry next to me, and I would be like, "Damn." My brother, my older brother would cry. He's like, wow, my dad's gone. Now my brother, he's getting into this drug life. He's starting to use drugs and everything. That's going to fuck up our life. But like, um, and then all of a sudden I was like, I can't take this anymore. I'm not going to take this anymore. Because my big brother, he was wanting to be our father because my dad wasn't there. So he would want to beat us. He would want to like tell us not to do things. And my middle brother, he wouldn't accept it. He's like, nah, man, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my dad. You know, you, you, you shut up, man. And then my older brother wouldn't accept it. And they would get into fights. I would see like my two brothers fighting, like punching each other in the face, almost killing each other in front of me. And I would be like, oh my God. And my mom crying. It was a, it was a pretty crazy situation, man. And then all of a sudden my mom was like, I can't take this anymore. I'm going to go back to your father. And you stay there. So my biggest brother, my older brother, he stayed in the U.S. He got married. He got his documents. Today he's legal. He can come to Brazil and go back anytime. He helps us a lot. And my mom came back. And ever since she came back, we stayed here with my dad. So my brother was another one that was very afraid to come back to Brazil because we knew how the world was here, how the favela was. Like We thought that we knew, but we ended up actually knowing when we got here so like it was pretty crazy man and then all of a sudden i we were here in brazil like without yeah, yeah, any here we go, here we go. yeah take me through this when you get on the plane to go back to brazil where is your mindset at you just spent the last five years in usa like formative years you know what i mean probably when you're five and below you don't remember much right so this is like yeah. your life basically in the usa you're on the plane ride and you're thinking about the World War, Modern Warfare 2, the favela, like, fuck, I got to go back and live with that. What's going on in your head? What are you thinking? Like, what's your opportunities? You're going to go to school, et cetera. Yeah, honestly, man, I was just thinking, like, I was thinking I was going to live my life the best way possible, like, try to maintain control of everything that I'm doing, keep my mom happy, keep my dad happy. And I already came here to Brazil thinking, I'm not going to stay here for the rest of my life. I'm going to find a way to go back to the U.S. Because, unfortunately, man, for like for a Brazilian to live here in Brazil, it's very hard, man. I love Brazil. It's beautiful. There's very There are very good parts here in Brazil. There are very bad parts, but there are very beautiful parts. Like you said, everybody has pride in the favela. We love this place. Like I, I don't I never want to sell this house. I want to have this house forever. I want to be in this favela forever. But I don't want to live here. I want to come here. I want to see everybody. I want to help out the best way that I can. I want to give people things, donate people things and everything, come back to help people get a better life. But I I want to live in a different place because here, man, your work, you don't get like the value of your work. You don't sometimes you work and you don't get paid like it's crazy, man. It's and they just don't they don't pay you. They 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 leave it as that. Like my dad, a bunch of times he was working here. They would like 
his payment would come way late and he we have responsibilities we have bills to pay and those things so we can't like be accepting that and it's not just on my dad's work a bunch of people's work here people they don't care man they so they give you the money late they say they're gonna give you the money one day they give you the money like two weeks after oh shit almost threw my phone on the ground <laughs> but the best, the best thing i ever heard is yeah brazil is about suffering unless you got money then it's a paradise 100 percent. if you have money yeah. in brazil, it's like Perhaps. candy um, okay, so you have a good mindset, uh, optimistic mindset flying back into Brazil. Now you get there. Now, I mean, obviously, don't you think you're, I mean, you're not even Brazilian, basically, because your formative years were in the USA when you got there, right? So do you feel like you fit in? Do you feel like you're maybe smarter, like more educated than the, the normal favela upbringing? Um, uh, I'm curious, like the mindset then and then how did it transition into the, the gangbanging? It was, it was pretty good. Honestly, like. I would, I got to fit in. Everybody would be amazing. Like, oh my God, you're gringo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, my nickname and my brother's nickname here, it's gringo, Americano. I'm not joking, man. They call us American. They you were like popular gringo. then. You were like Mr. Popular. Like, oh, yeah. about New York City and all that. Yeah. Everybody, they were like, oh, how do you say this in English? How do you say that? How do you say this? It was a whole day. English lessons in school. I would help everybody on the tests, <laughs> on the activities, I'd give everybody the answers. But like, and then, but that was, the good thing was English. That's like the only good thing for me in school that time. Because everything else, man, I had to start from like, basically from zero. Because I got here, I was on seventh grade. So seventh grade is not an easy grade, man, for school. I don't know if you, you think that, but I think that here in Brazil, one of the hardest grades is seventh grade. And then the teachers would like, oh my God, you're so slow. Like in the Portuguese things, the grammar things for the actual Portuguese language, um, even science and geography, all those school subjects. For me, it was hard because I didn't, I didn't study that when I was young here in Brazil. So everything is different. And then I would have more I would have a hard time. I would have more difficulty. And the teachers would be like, oh, my God, you think that you're in the United States? If you're he you're here in Brazil, you have to study hard if you want to pass. It's not easy like in the United States. I'm like, you think that it's easy in the United States? You don't even know what you're saying. For me, it's hard here because I didn't, I didn't even study this language. You don't understand. I, you're saying words that I don't even know what it means. You got to help me with that. And then, man, it just kept on, like, kept on getting worse and worse. I would have a hard time. The Seventh grade, I passed, and then the eighth grade, I I didn't pass, man. So I like I stayed back on eighth grade, and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna try again. Then I tried again, and I stayed back again, man, because like it was really hard, man. Honestly, I think it was harder than me getting to the USA when I was six because you like weren't a, you, were, you weren't a dumb kid in the school in the USA, were you? No, no, I would get, man, I would get very good grades. I would get student of the week, student of the month, student of the year, everything, man. I would get a lot of things, awards. I have a lot of awards here. I was a good student, but like, I think this thing with my dad, I don't know what happened. It kind of like everything got together and crushed up, but then I got here in Brazil. But seventh grade is way harder than first grade. So like I got to the United States, I was in first grade as a little kid. I didn't know any language. I didn't know any English. But I got here to Brazil, 
I knew some Portuguese because my mom has always taught me Portuguese inside our, inside our house. So I knew the basic Portuguese. I could live here. I could talk. I could express myself. But there are lots of different words, a lot of hard words. And I couldn't understand, man. There's a lot of things that I couldn't do because I didn't understand. Reading was very hard for me. I would read in front of the class. Everybody would laugh at me reading the, the words wrong and everything. Even today, man, honestly, I, I speak. Sometimes people are saying some words in Portuguese. I'm like, can you explain to me what that is? Because I don't I don't know what that is. Like, You think you speak better English than Portuguese? Yeah, I think so. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> because Portuguese, it's there's all these accents, all these signs on the letters, man, and it, it changes everything, honestly. In English, I think English is way easier for you to learn than Portuguese. So, like... Okay, hold on, hold on. I don't want to get off track. You're a good storyteller, but... So, you failed eighth grade twice. So, usually when people start failing this shit, they're... Well, first of all, maybe insecure. Like you said, people laughing at you. So, maybe yeah. like, maybe be the cool guy, go smoke some weed, or be a tough guy, like, to overcompensate for that. So, is this mm-hmm. where kind of the, the downfall started happening? Or, I mean, are you doing any extracurricular yeah. stuff? You playing soccer, football, or anything? Yeah, right. Like right now I play football and man, that was like, that was the best thing that happened to me that that was like the main thing that I think got me off the gang banging. We're going to get to that in a little bit. So like me, I, that was exactly the point where I started doing some bad things. Like I dropped out of school. I stayed back two years on the third year. I was like, "Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to I'm not even going to try because I'm I'm not going to pass. Like I stayed, I studied for like three months on my third year. And then I'm like, ah, you know what? It's not going to work out. I'm just going to leave because then the people are going to see that I, I'm not here anymore. And then they're going to, they're going to miss me. They're going to see how it is. And then I got out and then I started, man, I started to get into these bad companies and everything because it's very easy for you to join the, the gangbang things here in Brazil. Like it's, just that they need you they want you they want the little kids to to not the little little kids they want like once you're 15 16 man they they think you're ready because you already have a a mindset of what you can do and what you can't do so like i dropped out of school started hanging out with these kids and then i started to hear at my here in my favela i started to sell drugs those things and everything and Past a couple of couple of weeks, the people here were like, "Man, if I were you, I wouldn't stay there." Cause like the people in this favela, they you know they don't like you. You know they don't like your brother because you got the chance to live in the United States, and not everybody got that chance. So they don't like you. You know that. And then I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna get out of this favela and I'm gonna go sell drugs at another favela." So I got out of this favela and I went to another favela that w- the guys were more dangerous and the. Everything was more dangerous, man. This place that I went, so I started selling there. And well, you weren't living there though. You're still living with your family, and you'd, you'd uh, yeah, still living with my family. Each day, commute to the new favela for a job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, cause my brother, man, my brother, he he got into the crime before me, my middle brother, cause he was the one that was like, he was the most afraid of getting here in Brazil. So when we got here, we were like. He was so afraid that what did he think? He's like, I'm not going to get on the wrong side of these thugs. Are you crazy? I'm going to join them so they don't do nothing bad to me. And he like, I think he dropped out of school in like the 
he just finished one year. No, he didn't even he didn't even finish one year, man. He stayed back all the day all the years that he studied here. And he like he dropped out on his second year. He stayed back one year on eighth grade and dropped out on the next year. And he already started gangbang and everything, but he never did anything here where we live. He already went straight to that favela that was there, that was more dangerous and everything. So then I I was like, wow, I'm gonna get out of here and I'm gonna go join the favela where my brother is. So then I got there and I started selling at this other place, selling drugs in. All of a sudden, I went to jail, man. First time as a little oh, kid. Before you go to that jail, before you go to that jail part, how much were you making uh, a day uh, dealing dope, and what were you selling? Man, here in my favela where I live, I was selling only weed. Yeah. Oh no, I sold cocaine too, but. That I was making only a little bit of money, man. Cause here in this place, this favela, you don't sell a lot of drugs and get a lot of money. So I was making like you could say like a hundred and fifty reels a day. Okay, so I mean, still thirty bucks in Brazil. It's not bad for a kid. No, 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 thirty bucks. No. Oh yeah, thirty dollars, right? If you yeah, change that's the pretty reels, good for a kid in Brazil, no? Yeah, that's very good. It's amazing. Yeah. So then that like, was the first favela that doesn't do as well. So you went to the next favela and then what were you making over there? Yeah. And then over there, the things changed, man. Cause like I went to this other favela where my brother, it was this favela that was next to the one that my brother was. They were, but they were from the same owner and everything. So I sold drugs there and I went to jail. All right. I met up with my brother in jail when I went to talk to the, to the judge and everything. My brother was there to get sentenced too. So then he got crazy. He's like, what are you doing here, man? Are you crazy? You're selling drugs. I told you not to get into that life. I told you that this is not a life for you to live. I told you to not go with to the path that I was going. I told you to get out of this. I told you to be a man, man. I told you to, to do good, man. I told you to bring happiness to my mom and everything. And I was like, man, but you don't understand. It's not like that. I, you don't know how hard it is out there. You don't know how hard life was. I have to, I had to join. And then he's like, you know what, man? All right, then. And then he, then we separated there and I got out the first time I went to jail here. I got out on the same day at night. So like, um, hey, how did pick you up though? Hold on. Let me expand on this. So you were out there. It was at night. I mean, who picked you up and you didn't run from the cops? Like, how'd you get arrested? No, I like, man, it was crazy, man. I was like, I was in the favela. I was how, old, how old are you this time again? I was like 15, 15. Okay. Yeah. So like, um, I like, honestly, I said, I'm not going to go to school, but you think I didn't tell my mom that I wasn't, that I was going to drop out of school. I would get out of our house in the morning with my backpack saying that I was going to school, but I was going to go sell dope. So I went there and everything. I was selling drugs. Like I said, some places you don't stay with the gun in your hands and nothing in that favela that was next to the one that my brother was. I wasn't even with nothing on my hands. I wasn't with the drugs. I wasn't with the gun. And I was just smoking a joint with two kids that stole a motorcycle early on that day and they bought the stolen motorcycle to the favela. They kept it inside the favela. So the, all of a sudden I was looking at the guy that was watching the favela for me. And he was like, he was jumping and everything on top of the, I don't even know how we can say this in English, but instead of a roof, we actually built like this solid concrete on the, on top of our house. So we keep our, watchers on top of those places on top of the houses and he was jumping up there i was like and then all of a sudden i saw him jumping i was like hey is it um 
we say like, is everything chill? Cause if like, I just screamed, is everything okay? And then when I screamed, is everything okay? The cop just turned right next to me with the gun in my face. He's like, lay down, lay down, lay down. You lost, you lost, you lost. You're arrested, you're arrested. I'm gonna shoot, I'm gonna shoot. And I was like, damn, I just went to the ground and my friends went to the ground too. And then they're like, hey, you're selling drugs here. You guys are selling, right? I'm like, no. And then he's like, then who was asking the watcher, is everything okay? And I was like, I said that everything was okay. I was affirming that everything was okay because we're not selling drugs. And he was trying to tell us to run. And I was like, no, I'm not going to run. It's everything is okay. We're not selling drugs. We're just smoking a joint. You can see, look at the joint that we're smoking. If I was a thug, do you think I if I was a thug, I would be smoking a big, big, big joint. I wouldn't be smoking a normal joint. I, I said that. And then they're like, oh, all right. But I, I think you guys are selling. They started searching the favela for everything. And they found the motorcycle. And then they're like, hey, we found a motorcycle here and it's robbed. Whose motorcycle is this? Who robbed it? And it was the kid. The kid had stolen it. I was like, man, tell the cops that you stole it, man. You're going to let everybody go to jail because of you? And he's like, no, man, I'm not going to tell them that it was mine, man. And I'm, and I'm not going to rat out the kid. I'm going to say it's his. No. So I just waited. And then the cops went inside, started searching at some houses. And they found the helmet to go on the motorcycle. And they found the key of the motorcycle inside of a house and the kid's girlfriend. So they brought the kid's girlfriend and the helmet and the key. And they're like, now we have her too. And we're going to go with everybody to jail. If you don't tell me who the motorcycle is, I want one person. I just want one person. You talk to each other and find out whose motorcycle this is so I can bring him to jail. And the rest of you are free. The kid didn't say hey, it was his. So like they brought all of us to jail, all four of us. Um, one point I want to make. So the police that go into the Vafella, they're, they're they drive different cars, right? And they're stacked and they have huge guns and they don't play games. Like they go in there and they can shoot the kill if they want, right? They don't yeah. really I have a lot of I have a lot of friends that died, man, in the hands of the cops. That cops shot them. I have friends that the cops shot, man. They shot them with a with a an assault rifle, man. It was like it was it was crazy, man. They were cowards. They shot my friend with an assault rifle, and he didn't even have any guns in his hand, man. He was just running, and they shot him. He's stitched up from up here. He's all cut open all the way to his belly button, and he's still in jail. He's, he's already three years that he's in jail. So the cops got him, shot him, and they said that he shot them first, and they put a gun on his hands, man, honestly. And he's paying jail time as, like, he tried to kill the cops. So it was a, a – a homicide trying on a cop. That's like the yeah, worst thing in life with that. If, yeah. And, and like, you know for a fact he didn't do that? I know for a fact he didn't do that. I was, man, I would sell drugs next to him. We didn't have any guns in our hands that time. And the cops shot him, man. They shot not just him. They shot another friend of mine too and another friend of mine. But the other friend of mine didn't get shot with the assault rifle. He got shot by the pistol. And he stayed better. This other friend of mine, man, that got shot by the assault rifle, he stayed in coma three months before he went to jail. So he got out of coma, already went to jail. Damn. Um, now, obviously, uh, yeah, in Brazil, I think it's fair to say that p police don't really give a fuck about the favela kids a lot of the times, especially the dudes in those one cars. But then again, the favela are shooting back sometimes, too. Like, there's yeah. full-blown wars. So I would be... If I was a policeman, one of those military police, or whatever in Brazil, I would be pretty scared too. So yeah, me too, man. I, no, are you crazy? I I wouldn't even like, I wouldn't even join the police because I know that that's that they live this constant war, man. You can't and even. And they're not get getting paid shit either. Like that yeah. would be a brutal job in Brazil. 
like most of the places here too in Belo Horizonte, why it's like it's more chill because the bosses of the favela they pay the cops. Yeah. So the cops, what do they do? They don't even go in the favela. They say, "Ah, you guys can sell your drugs. You guys can do whatever you want. We're not even gonna go in there. If we go, we're just gonna pass by and get out. You guys do your things." That's but how they keep, do. When keep it the, contained, though. they don't want it spilled out. Then they, they have problems. If it spills out into outside the favela, then the police get really mad. No. Yeah, obviously they. That's why, like in Belo Horizonte, I would see police stops all the time leading out of the city because then they would always check the dudes on the the bikes because you know yeah. a lot of favela guys like, okay, do you have any stolen shit? You know, go through it. And then like when I'd be with someone like a girl or a person that was white, you know, come on right through. You're good. It's yeah, they don't even stop right? you. <laughs> yeah, Here, but it's crazy. I, so well, I was staying, you know, for a little bit in the, the Airbnb when I was there, and um, it was like near a favela, like pretty damn close. And I remember mm-hmm. one of those military police or the ones that go check on the favelas would drive mm-hmm. by a lot at night, you know, really slowly. And yeah. this dude, like this fucking car was like decked out and then there was gun, like big guns. And he just looked mad, like staring at everyone. And I'm like, oh, I got to get a video of this. This is Brazil right next to like, dude put your fucking phone down. Like he can just start shooting if you wanted to. Like there's no rules for these guys. Like they don't yeah. play games. That's true. And, and honestly, I've seen, man, I've seen cops using drugs like in front of me. They would get my, a lot of times and they got me full of drugs. And what did they do? They let me go. They're like, oh, you can go. I'm not going to bring you to jail. I'm going to stay with this all for me. And they stay with the drugs all for them. They, so when you see them, they get, they are on the cars. They're like, with the guns out of the car looking like that and everything, man, they use cocaine. You can know that for a fact. I've, I've gotten cops. They got me. They're like, I'm going to use this drug, and I'm going to come back here. If this drug is not good, you're going to see what I'm going to do with you. I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. They say it's that, man. They, yeah, they, man, they've pointed guns at my foot. They're like, tell me the password to your phone. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you the password to my phone. Are you crazy? That's invasion of privacy. And they're like, if you're not going to tell me the password to your phone, I'm going to shoot you in the foot. Simple as that. And I'm like, then you're going to shoot me in the foot. I'm not going to tell you the answer to my phone, the password to my phone. Because, like, I had the conversation with all my bosses, with everybody, with all the thugs, where the drug was, everything. with, And they want you to – they want to know everything about you. So they want your phone. They want to check your photos and everything. I'm, and I didn't let them. I would never let them. I've seen my friends die right in front of me because they ratted out the boss. They – open their phone so the boss could see and the boss would get the number the so the cops could see so the cop would get the number of the boss and already call him he's like i'm here with your with your with your drug dealer and you got to give me something or else i'm not gonna let him go so like the one thing that you can't do in the favela if you're selling drugs is rat man you can't rat out on anybody that that will give you straight death man and i never did that they've Man, I've fainted in the hands of the cops a bunch of times, and they would choke the fuck out of me. I would just faint, poof. And then I'd wake up getting punched in the face. They would put things under my nails. Honestly, man, they, they would punch me in the face, a lot, of, a lot of punches in the face. They would break things on my head, like some sticks, some big-ass wooden sticks. They would get me and hit me in the head, bah, and break it. One day they got a vine, like... A vine, you know how it is, a vine with a lot of thorns, with a lot of thorns on that vine. Man, they sat me down, and they said, you're going to get beaten right now. You're going to see, motherfucker. They started hitting me with the vine, man, full of thorns, like ripping my legs, man. They were, like, cutting my legs open with the vine full of thorns, man. 
That was like at two in the morning. They brought, they went to the favela and got me in the favela all by myself. I was selling with no watchers. Nobody was watching for me. I was all there all by myself, just selling and looking. I was looking. All of a sudden, I ran. When I ran, the cop just jumped out of nowhere. Boop. You lost, you lost, you lost. Get on the ground, get on the ground. I was like, damn, I lost. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. I got a couple of things. So for, I'm going to get back on the timeline, you know, after you got out of jail the first time. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, that was a lot of stuff right there. That was crazy. Uh, so about the snitching part. And I told you this beforehand, like, I prefer not to do this anonymous so I can do clips. But you, you, what you're doing right now is not dry snitching. You don't believe it. You think you're, everything's going to be fine because I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, man, too. That everybody knows here in Brazil. We know how it is, man. Like, because you're not naming I, names. You're not naming names. So yeah, and honestly, like me, I I get a chance, man, to tell everybody this. That honestly, if I tell you my whole life story, man, you're gonna see what I went through, man, because it was hard, man. Especially in my time and the crime and the gangbang, it was very hard. And I just consider myself very blessed. And I tell everybody my story, man. If I Sometimes when I'm telling my story, I even cry, man, remembering everything, what I made my mom go through and everything. Like, I got, I've got, i gotten shot by the cops, too, man, and it was pretty bad, man. But you like, got the bullet hole? You got the wound? Yeah, but it, it didn't, like, actually go in my body. It just passed. I don't know how to say it. when it Raised. Yeah, just like that. And that, man, it wasn't a place. Uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to see, like, right here. Do you see it? Oh, shit, yeah. That, that's a great... Yeah, that looks like a legit graze wound. Wow. Yeah, and man, it was right here, like on my head. If that bullet came right here, I would never walk again, man. I would even die, man, honestly. Wait, wait hold on. What was this situation? Tell me this situation, this this getting yeah. shot at. This day was pretty crazy, man. We were like, so we were set. I wasn't even supposed to be there that day. I was <laughs> I was at the favela at the place where the people would sell drugs and we used radios, too, to monitor everything. We have our watchers with walkie-talkies, radios, because here we say radios, but there's walkie-talkies. And we were with our walkie-talkie. There was, like, six people, six thugs. And all of a sudden on the walkie-talkie, we just heard, like, hello, good afternoon, but in Portuguese, obviously. Opa, boa tarde. And then my friend, he got the walkie-talkie. He's like, like, good afternoon, my ass, you motherfucker. Fuck you. He said that. <laughs> Man, when he said that, like, three cop cars just started going down the avenue where they would come in to the favela. Three cop cars. So it was an S10, that's a Chevrolet, a big, big cop car, a little pal uh, Palio Weekend that we call it. It was a little smaller cop car and another big cop car behind. So three cop cars. That's a total of, like, 15 cops. And they came down with their sirens on. And we're like, hey, 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 watch if they're going to come in. Watch if they're going to come in the favela. Watch if they're going to come in. And all of a sudden, they just whoop, came in. The kid's like, they came in, man. They came in. So we started running to our to the place that we would run normally. It was like to the middle of the woods. When we, like, when we walked to the middle, we were going to go to this place, like, straight in the middle of the woods. But when we would go straight, the cops would be there waiting for us like in the middle of the woods. So that was like, that was war. If they, they could kill us anytime in the middle of the woods running. So like we would, instead of go straight, we would make a little curve and continue and go in the other way. That's what we did. We all went, we all did the curve and everybody, everybody run. And then three kids got up into the woods. That was my brother was first and he was with a gun in his hand. 
my the the watcher went after and I went after my brother and this other kid. There was four people that went in. This other kid that was selling with my brother went in after me. So us four got inside the woods. When we got inside, all I heard was, you lost, you lost, you lost. And I was like, who would joke around with that? I was with a big um, strawberry and passion fruit smoothie on my hand. I was drinking. It was amazing. It was so delicious. And I just heard, I was like, who the fuck is joking like that? When I looked to the side, the cop just got down, just got up from the ground. A bunch of cops. It was like five cops just got up from the ground. You lost, you lost, you lost. And then my brother was with the gun. So he he ran so much. He after I'm gonna tell you a little bit about what my brother did. That was crazy, man. This thing was crazy. And then he ran so much. And I also ran. I just threw my smoothie up and continued running. And then I was running on like there was this um it was basically the stream that we have all the water that passes through all the neighborhoods go in. So it was very dirty water. We would like, we would cross that to get inside the woods. Do you know what I mean? So then I was running like on the side of the woods here and the stream over here, I was running over here. So like anytime any cop could come out of the woods and grab me. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to jump inside this stream because all my friends were inside. And man, when the cop said you lost, they're they're making noise right now that something's probably happening. <laughs> Today this guy died in our favela. Honestly, you, said, you said right now you hear noise. I didn't hear it. There's yeah, the cop out. noises. They're the sirens. So like, and man, I they were shooting so much, man. They were shooting at us. I was. Come on, on, you're running on the you're running on the side next to the river. Then what? Yeah, and they're shooting at us. So like, there were like five more kids inside the water. Me right here, and my brother went inside the woods. And I was running, and the cops were just shooting, man. I was just on the other side of the river. They're on the other side of the river. From behind us. Because like we, oh, behind. Okay. Yeah, because when we went inside, we were going to go straight. But then they came from, like, right here. So we ran over here on the side of the river. And we continued. And they were, like, right here shooting behind us. And they were shooting so much all the time. Pow, 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 pow. I was just listening to the gunshots and seeing them getting on the ground. I was like, you know what? I'm going to jump and I'm going to go together with my friends. So when I jumped, like it was like a hill right here and the stream was like this low. So I had to jump from here inside. So I jumped. When I jumped, man, I just felt something like throwing me all the way to the front. And I just, damn, I got like, a, I, it was like I got tackled, man, by, from the back. Oof, and I just fell with my face inside that dirty water in the stream and just bow. And then I was with my phone in my hands. I used my phone to get up. I just got up and I started running. And that I had already been shot. And I was running when I stopped. I threw up. And then I was like, you know what, man? We're going to lose, man. We're going to get arrested, me with my friend. And then my other friend went under the street. And he passed through the water under the avenue, man, where the cops went down. He passed under the avenue inside the stream. And I stopped at the, like... Before we got under the, the thing, I stopped and I was like, man, it's chill. It's chill. And then all of a sudden we started hearing the voices. They came this way. This came, they came this way. Keep your gun ready because they're with the gun. They're with the gun. Get ready to shoot. And I was like, oh, shit, they're getting close. They're getting close. Then what we did, we got up and we got back to the favela. There was a shitload of cops in the favela where we were going to go. So, like, we saw this woman. She was there. And I was like, help us, help us. And she's like, come, come, come. And we, me and my friend, we ran like at that after I got shot, I was running, man. I was like, I was running almost destroyed. 
And we were going, we we're like, help us, help us, please. Then she's like, come inside, come inside. And then we went inside of her house. And then after that, we just went up the stairs because it was a little apartment. We went all the way up the stairs and we got inside of our friend's house because he was living. And then I was like, when I laid down, man, on his bed, I threw up like three, five times feeling pain, man. And then all of a sudden I fainted and I woke up. I was already like on the bed full of vomit all over the place. And I was like, where's my brother? Where's my brother? Where's my brother? I think he, I don't know what happened. I heard gunshots. I heard a lot of gunshots and he was with the gun. That time I thought that I was going to, that my brother died, man. But then all of a sudden my brother shows up. At the apartment. Yeah. But look what happened. He, he, um, like the cops got him and he had time to hide the gun. So what did he do? He said, then they got him and they got the watchers. So they were like, Hey, um, you know what? You're 18. So if you go to jail, you know, you're going to stay a long time. You're not a minor. You're not under 18. So not going to jail. You're going to go to the real jail. And you, the watcher was under 18. He was like 16, 15. So he's like, what do you want to do? We can do something, man. We can do something. We can let you go. And we can bring him to jail with everything that we got, all the drugs. But we need you to give us a gun. We need you to give us a gun. And then we can let you go and we'll bring just the minor. And then my brother's like, oh, hell yeah, I got a gun for you right now. Because <laughs> he had time to hide it. So he went. The cops were like, all right, I'll give you some time. You go get the gun and bring it back and you're free to go. And then my brother, he went inside the woods, the same woods. He just went there, but there were cops all over the place. So he went, got the gun, and gave the gun to the cops. And then the cops were like, all right, you can go. And just let my brother go. Wait, was they the got- minor down? Was the minor down with this or was he snitching on the minor? Or the, the No, the like- minor was with him. They got into a deal. They're like, hey man, you know that I'm the one that's selling and you're the watcher. So I'm a rank on top. I'm, oh, I'm yeah, yeah. in the favela. I'm the I'm bigger than you. I'm I'm more than you. So you have and to take older. everything from me and go to jail for me. Yeah. Because otherwise. And that's what, yeah. And that's what happened. So then all of a sudden my brother got back and he's like, man, I'm fine. Thank God. <laughs> I had time. Then he explained everything. But the gun wasn't ours. It was the guys from the favela. So what did we have to do? We had to pay the same day, man. In that time I was selling drugs. We were making more than a thousand reels per day, man. More than a thousand reels per day. $200 for the listeners, $200 a day. A lot. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. And I was like 16, 16 years old, 17 years old. I lived by myself when I was 16, man. I rented my own house and I was living by myself. I got out of my mom's house when I started to make more money in the new favela that I went. Yeah, just so everyone knows, like in the, the area he's living, $600 a month is a pretty decent salary in Brazil today. So not six years ago when you were, or five years ago. How old are you now? Now I'm 20. Yeah, so four years ago. So it's inflation or whatnot. But $600 a month is is good money in Brazil to this day. And you were making 200 a day at 16. Yeah, 16. That's Wait, one of yes. that. Hold on. Let's, let's get back on, on track, though. Great story. So, okay, the first time you went to jail, your brother screams at you saying, what are you doing? You know, you need to be good and don't do what I did. So you yes. get you stay there because it was just for a stolen bike, right? So you get released. Now you go back out there. Do you have any change of mind? I mean, the first time you got arrested, are you thinking? No, like- no. I Like me, man, The, the honestly, the time that it took for me to change my mindset was 
six times, man. I had to go to jail six times so I could change. Because, like, the first time I got out and then... You went to jail six out. times? Yeah, man. But juvie, only, like, only juvie for... All before 18, okay. Yeah, all before 18. When I was, like, there was three months, two months before I made 18, I decided to get out of this because I knew that shit was going to happen. So, like, I went back, and then I got out of jail, and then my brother got out, too. So my brother was like, hey, man, you know what? You decided, you're deciding to sell drugs. You really want to do this, man? Are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm going to do this. I don't care. I'm up for anything. And then he's like, then you know what? You're going to sell drugs right next to me. We're going to be side by side. Whatever happens to you is going to happen to me, and I'm going to be there to protect you, man, and you're going to be there to protect me. So we're going to be in the same favela, the same thing. And that's it. So then I went to my brother's favela that was like next to it by the same owner. And um, and that was one thing that almost got me killed, man, because the kid that stole the bike here in the favela, we have this rule. If you steal anything, you don't bring it to the favela. And the kids brought the motorcycle. So they're like the boss of the favela. He was like, I don't give a fuck. Kill everybody that's involved. Kill everybody. I don't care. And then my brother got crazy. He's like, are you crazy? You're not going to kill my brother. He's not wrong. He didn't do anything. He was selling drugs for you. And the other kids stole the motorcycle. So you guys got to do something to the kids that sold the motorcycle. You guys say that you're right. Then you got to be right right now. And then they're like, oh, yeah. So let's think about that. All right. That's true. Your brother. Your, brother is, your brother's got some say? Your brother's like. Yeah. Or did have some say. Fuck. Okay. Did have some say. Yeah. He. Honestly, like even today, man, I'm out of the crime, everything. I don't do anything bad. I, I'm focused on my life, working, playing football, and everything. But the bosses, man, they treat me very good. They're like, anytime you need anything, you just let me know. If you need money, if you need help, if you want to come back to this life, if you need a gun, if you need to kill anybody, if you need to steal, whatever you need that I can do for you, you let me know. But I don't want nothing from them, obviously, because now I'm living a better life. And if you I, take something, more than likely you have to get back, no? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. But they respect you, and it, it's not like like yeah. the mafia, like the American mafia, which I studied a little bit. It's like once you're in the life, you're in it for life. Like you don't get to just get out. Like yeah. it doesn't come with like that. Even gang banging, like um, nowadays in in USA, it's just like nobody forgets. You can't just say, oh. Today I'm not a gangster no more, but no, the the person that you killed, their family member still wants you. Like it never leaves you, but never leaves you. So, but okay, keep going. So anyway, so like me, man, I everybody knows what I've done in my life here in the favela, here nearby. So like everybody respects me, but everybody knows that I'm not what I used to be, and that's rare, man. That I know in this place of people that joined gangbang and got out and are working and are having a good life today, man, it's like 5%. And 100%, five people do that. And me and my brother, thankfully, we were one. Our our man, the kid that was like, that was our best friend, he died, man. He died. And the people asked us to kill him and we didn't kill him. We're like, no, man, you can't ask me to kill that guy. I'm not going to kill him. He's my he's my friend, man. I'm not going to kill him. The guy's like, you're not going to kill him? <laughs> then we'll kill him. <laughs> Chill. So, like, man, we you have to – it's like I've seen brothers kill brothers, man, people that don't have heart, man. They kill brothers. Now, me and my brother, we, we've always had a good heart, man. We, we know that family is first, man. So, like, even my brother, the first – like I said, the first day that I joined the crime with my brother, he said, You're, we're going to be side by side. Whatever happens to you happens to me. So, 
Oh, hold on. Oh, yeah. So let's let's get to that point. So like, boom, you got out of jail because you were selling before. Then you saw him in jail, and then you started going at it together, right? Let's start. Yeah. Let's hit from that angle. And so then that dealing, dealing dope with him. Yeah, that's when everything started like getting not better. It got worse, obviously, because it's a worse situation. But it got better financially for me. And it got better emotionally for me, too, because I was with my brother. We were happy and everything. And we were making our money. We finally got to do what we wanted to do. Like, I, man, I honestly joined crime because of those things that happened that I got um, separated from the people. They didn't treat me right. They they were not giving me the value that I had. They didn't have any patience with me. But I also wanted what? I wanted to get myself a life. I didn't want to like depend on my mom and dad for nothing because they were already having a hard life. They had to come back from the United States. My dad, man, he hates Brazil. He he does not want to stay here. He wants to get out of here because he knows that here you can't have like you can't build your family to have a good 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 condition unless you were born rich. And my dad was not born rich. He was born in the countryside. He left my dad's house. He left my grandparents' house because he needed to work because inside of his house, it was 11 kids and two parents that didn't even have money to raise the 11 kids. So he had to get out as fast as possible to come to Belo Horizonte to work and get money. And like, let me hit on that point. Cause I always bash like the victim mindset. We can talk about it later on, but I will say in Brazil, man, like even if you do all the right things and you work super hard there usually is like a hamper on where you can go. And a lot of people that do all the right things are, are only just surviving off that. Like uh, in the USA, it says it all the time. Oh, it's not fair. And I was born this way, but I always say, okay, USA, like you were given a lottery ticket at life. Like you can actually make something out of yourself. You can save, you can build, yeah. pass on to the next generation. But I will, I still think every Brazilian can get out just like you, like you're doing right now. Yeah. But it is no fucking joke in Brazil how like capped, you know, I'd say uh, 80% of the people are, you know what I mean? Even yes. like the average people, like the middle class, like they're surviving. They're paying in installments for groceries. You know what I mean? Like it's it's very different in Brazil compared to many other places I've been in that aspect. But anyways. Yeah, that's true, man. It's well, yeah. so Now you're balling, right? Like you and your brother got the dope game, you know, on lock. You know, you have your own apartment, all the girls, the favela girls. Yeah. Like, you're like, what's so you're living the high life, okay? But you, but you're in and out of jail though. You said you went six times in that period, no? Yeah, because like like I man, I went to the times that I went to jail, it was like to me, honestly, we would we the reason why many people stay in the crime is because it's like it's not bad, man. You go to jail. What do you, what would we think as a minor? We would think, ah, this is just a little rest for me, for me to stay without using drugs and for me to sleep well and for me to, to just rest a little bit, to, to get away from the, the world. And then I'll be back in a little, in a couple of days. Like the most time that I've been in jail, like without going home was 45 days. That was a month and a half as a minor. But as soon as that was done, I had to stay six months. No, that's why, because I I stayed a month and a half, and then I got out. And that was, like, the worst time, because I stayed in jail my mom's birthday. I stayed in jail Christmas. I stayed in jail New Year's. And I got out in, like, I think I got out on January 3rd. Yeah. And I I went to jail in, like, November. 
But um, that was like the worst time that I think because I my mom she passed her birthday without any of her sons because my older brother my middle brother was in adult jail already because he went to jail after 18 three times and spent now he's in jail right now my brother so like man it's still hard man I still miss my brother because I don't have my dad he's working where he used to live like all the way in another city not Belo Horizonte so he's not even living with me and it's just me and my mom right now and my brother he's in jail my other brother is in the United States I don't have nobody to talk to so like what I use is my football teammates. They are my brothers now. When I like Kyle, you know Kyle, me and him, man, he comes to my house. We play video games. We go to the field to play football. He's like my brother, man. So it's still hard. I'm still having a hard time, but now I'm better because I have another mindset. And I know that what I am going to do is I'm going to turn the game around. I'm going to make my family happy. I'm going to bring a better life to my mom, to my brother. When he gets out, I'm going to be here to support him so he can't go back to that life. But I hold on. Yeah, hold on, hold on. We're skipping ahead a little bit, but great. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to keep going. This is good. You're, you're, you have great stories. You're speaking amazing. Um, well, I was going to ask you, okay, what is, I've heard Brazilian real prison is, is terrible. Like it's just a shit, shit fest. But what was the juvie like, tell me, like, what's going on in there? Is it clean? Do you get fed decent? Is it fighting? What kind of experience is that? Honestly, it's like, it's basically, I would say, um, almost the same thing as adult. But there's a difference. In the adult jail, inside of a cell, we have more than 30 guys. And we have 11 places to sleep. Like, 11 rock beds. We have 11 rock beds, 30 guys. Normal for every jail. Normal for every prison. Yeah, 30 guys is normal, but sometimes we have 50 guys in one cell, and it's like crazy, man. People sleep like this, standing up, like on the wall. They sleep standing up, man, with their hands like this. If you move your hands, like if you put your hands here, you lose your space right here, so you have to sleep like this. It's it's really bad, man. Yeah, yeah man. I'm telling <laughs> the truth. It's fucked up. It's really bad. It's not a joke. When you see how it is inside the rats, the smell, and their adult jail, you get inside the jail. We have the favela bosses. We have the drug dealers. We have the watchers. We have the crackheads. Everybody in the same room. Nobody is more than nobody. Everybody is the same thing inside of the jail. But here, the jail is even worse than the, than the world because like outside of the jail, because there they have drugs, they sell drugs, we use us, they have phones inside the jails, my brother, he stays talking to girls inside the jail, Uh, you know how it is, and, um, but the food in adult jail is terrible, it's terrible, 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 and in juvie, like, you can say juvie, like the minor jail, it's only like, we have six beds, six rock beds, no, six no, four. Four rock beds. And usually it's like in the maximum, it's eight guys. And the maximum that I've had inside of a cell with me was eight guys. So it's like four guys sleeping on the floor. But it's on the floor is all right, <laughs> if you think about it. Because in the adult jail, people sleep standing up. They sleep on the in front of the bathroom. They, some people sleep inside of the bathroom, inside the cell, man. It's really full of people. So, Juve, it's better. There's less people. 
it's the same idea, the same place, the same thing. Um, the agents that we we call the the prison officers, the 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 agents here we call them agents for juvie. So they they treat you better than the people from the adult jail because in the adult jail we have the normal prison officers, but we also have the jit. They're called the jit. They have like ninja masks. They they come in with helmets and all black. They just go in to beat the fuck out of everybody inside the jail. They don't even just care. Randomly. Just yeah. randomly. Just randomly. Just randomly. Like, they, they're going to do a checkup on the whole thing. But they find a lot of things. They find drugs. They find phones. That's like, it's it's obvious that they're going to find it because in the Brazil jail, we have phones and everything. But then in the juvie, they don't do that. Like, they don't have that shit. They have only the agents. And they're only going to beat you in the juvie if you do really bad things. Like if you want to fight with them and everything, then they'll beat you. But if you fight with someone else in there, they don't beat you. They let you guys fight and then they separate you, bring one to the, then they decide. Like, for example, we, I'm in juvie right now, me and this kid fight inside of our cell. And then everybody's going to decide what's going to happen. So like all, everybody decides we start kicking the doors, blah, 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 blah. It makes a lot of noise. And then the agents come in and they're like, all right, what's going to happen? Because we have this place, it's called the security, but that's like seguro. We call that security. That's where the people that are like um, rapists, that are rats, that are snitches, they go to those places, you know? Security, yeah, okay. Yeah. So then two people fight. One is wrong and one is right. You can know that for a fact. That there's always the right person and the wrong person. So we decide that the people inside the, the cell, they say what happened and everything. And then we decide. And then all of a sudden, when we decide, we start kicking the doors again. Blah, 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 blah. And then the agents come in. They're like, who's going to go? <laughs> and then they go and get the, the kid that was wrong and bring him to the security. So he stays. Like, he stays with wrong. the rapists and the pedophiles and shit? Yeah. He stays with the wrong guys. So like, but in this juvie, it's not always just rapists and, and pedophiles and yeah. those things. It's wrong people, people that do anything wrong. So for example, I get pissed off at this guy because he stole my, we can say my cookies because my, the parents, they bring things for you at the jail. So they bring cookies, they bring some types of things, some shampoo, those things. So you have your own thing separated and the kid goes and steals your thing. That's the same, man, you steal a little candy and you steal a bank, it's the same thing, man. You're stealing. So they bring that same idea. You're being wrong. You're stealing. You're, you need to die. You're going to be in here. You're going to steal from a person that's next to you, that's living with you. Are you crazy? Then you fight. The person that stole is going to go there. So it's it's pretty bad. Now in adult jail, it's more serious, that security thing. You can fight. You can be wrong. You can be right. It's okay. You're only going to the security if you are a rapist, if you stole, like, from the a boss of the favela, if you're a robber, like you you steal from your own boss in the favela, that gets in the jail. Everybody knows what you do. So then you go to those places, and yeah, man, it's pretty it's pretty fucked up. But it was it was all right. Like I said, the food in juvie, it's amazing. <laughs> it's very good. It's very good food. Um, we would get like we would get breakfast in the morning and then we'd get lunch and then we get like another coffee break. We could say that another food and then we get some um, dinner and then we would have a, a late night lunch. That was like a 
chocolate milk with the bread. So it would be like five meals a day in jail for juvie. And you just and they put a lot of things, man. I don't I don't even know what it is, but they put a lot of things in the food so you can get fat and big. So you, like you you get inside juvie all skinny and everything from using all those drugs and everything, and you get out fat and big because you ate and you got your so that's how I would say it was like kind of like a rest because you get all the food back in your body. It's sometimes people that are selling drugs, they don't even eat, man, because there are some kids that are very um, I can say weak minded. They don't they can't think straight. They use they sell drugs to use drugs. So instead of getting the money, because we do this, you have a for you to sell drug, you have 12 um let's say 12 cocaine pins. Here we call them pins. You have 12. 10 is the boss's and two is yours. Those two, you can decide what you do if you're gonna use it or you're gonna sell it. If you sell it, you get the money. If you don't, then you you use it. And a lot of people use it, man. I've seen a lot of kids, they would be really crazy, man, really crazy of cocaine. And like during the like one one question, one question. Yeah. How pure is the cocaine? Are they chopping it up or is it coming straight from uh Colombia? No, it's not pure. pure. It's yeah, not they're pure. chopping a ton of different yeah. shit, right? They're mixing up some things. I've I've personally I've made the pins, I've filled them up, and I saw them mixing a bunch of shit, man, to the cocaine. So it's not pure. Keep going, my bad. So two, you can sell two. You're about to say something. What was I gonna say? It was about um twelve pins and ten of them. The boss, all the money goes to him, and you get two for yourself. Yeah, and then you get and then you get to choose a if you're gonna sell out, some addicted, then eat. Yeah. So like, there are a lot of people, man, that they don't even like get the money. They just use drugs. So like, me personally, I would get. Only the money, man. I would get the money, get the money, get the money. So, like you see, I would waste my money with what a lot of girls. That was the main thing I would waste with is girls, man. I would pay them a bunch of things. I would call a bunch of girls to my house and everything. That's how I was living my life. That's how I was like thinking because I wanted to show the people that, like, you see what I'm doing? I'm I got out of the favela and I'm gonna stay with the best girls. I'm gonna stay with the most beautiful girls. I'm gonna have the most money. I'm gonna live by myself. And that woman, I remember it until today, man. That woman at school was telling me that I'm not gonna be anything because I don't know how to speak Portuguese. Are you crazy? Look at how I am. I'm 16 years old and I'm living by myself. I'm having a bunch of girls and I'm making more than a thousand reels per day. It was like it was pretty crazy, man. I was having my mind. It was pre- I was lost, honestly. But hey, tell me, I got, I got one question about the girls. Were they favela girls? Were they like you know actual like college girls, rich girls, or what? And there was a girl from everywhere, man. There were girls. Oh, from you were. It was okay. like, man, honestly, after midnight, I wouldn't care. Like I would get the. It, it, she just couldn't be ugly, man. But I I wouldn't care. I'd call any girl after midnight, and during the day, I would call like the. The more beautiful girls that everybody could see, that the neighbor, that the people that live next to me could see, they would be like, "Wow, look at Tiago! Look at the girl that he's with. She's very beautiful." <laughs> it's um, pretty crazy. So this is a, a big talking point um, with uh, uh, the rappers that were like King Von. King Von's a fascinating case study. I, I've been following Chirackology on on Reddit for a long time. It goes deep mm-hmm. into like. Uh, Southside uh, gang politics. Um, it's a fascinating subreddit. People should check out. 
I first got into this shit because I went to a junior college with a bunch of dudes from uh, South Chicago, Southside yeah. Chicago. And um, that's where Chief Keith came up, like L.A. Capone, Little Dirk, King Von. And this was like right a couple years after Chief is like on the mainstream, right? When King Von is locked up, Dirk isn't that famous yet. So I learned a lot from dudes that grew up with him, right? And it's freaking fascinating. It's a total war zone, total like dudes living for the now. Like uh, he killed my, my dad. This guy killed my brother. I mean, it's insane, right? And a lot of them talk about uh, – like uh, the, the traumatic stuff, right? And um, I, I'm curious, like when you're living that life, are you realizing how fucked up it is or it just becomes normal? And then how do you adapt like after? Like when you're always kind of looking, getting shot at by police, you know, I'm dealing with drugs, um, you know, how does you adjust to, to normal life? Because a lot of people never can after that, you know? No, yeah, I understand. Man, to, like when you're doing that thing, man, when you're in the life, it seems normal. You get used to it. You know what I mean? Like there are lots of kids here in Brazil, man, that I, one of the reasons why I want to get a better life is to come and help them, show them that they can because they don't see that they can, man. They The only thing that they see that they can do is sell drugs. That's the only thing that they've known how to do ever since they they grew up. So like the first job of a kid is selling drugs, is watching the police. So what do they learn? They, they learn that. That's normal. That's the life that they have. That's the only option that they have. So like me, I want to give them a, I want to show them that they can get out. Like me, I'm honestly, not because it's me, but a lot of my friends here, they saw how, how big I got in the crime and the thug life. They saw that I was, man, when I stopped selling, when I stopped crime i wasn't even selling drugs anymore i was already like the manager of the place of the drug dealing place so i wouldn't even sell drugs anymore i would just like take care of everything and maintain everything organized i wasn't even hey, selling how old? Drugs. what age were you i was 17 so you were reporting right to the boss yeah right to the boss everything that they any problems that everybody would have in the favela would they would come to me like this guy, one day he was beating the the woman, he was beating his son so much. And his son was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to kill you and everything. I was like, man, you can't do that, man. You, your dad is beating on you for some reason. But the thing is, is that your mom doesn't accept that he's beating on you. So what are we going to do to resolve this, to solve this problem? We're going to do this. You, the father of this kid that you don't live here anymore. You come here to get with his mom and you don't live here anymore. You know that. You can't be here. So the first thing that I'm going to ask you to do is to not step inside this house. You are not going to come back inside of this favela. If you come back inside of this favela, I don't care what you are, who you are. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to empty out this this gun in your face. I'm going to shoot you 30 times in your face and you're not going to step in here anymore. You said because, this? Yeah. And then the woman was like, I'm going to I'm going to call the cop because he keeps on coming and I'm telling him not to come. And I'm like, man. Can't you listen? The woman doesn't want you to come here. You're you're the kid's father. You used to live here and everything, but you can't come in her house and beat her son. It's your son too, but you can't come in her house and beat her son in front of her like that. And she doesn't want you to be here. You have another woman. You get out of here, man. You can't come in here just to cause problems. She's gonna want to call the cops. That's the main reason because she was like, "I'm gonna call the cops, Tiago, if this guy doesn't leave my house." And I'm like, "Huh? He's gonna leave your house right now. You can be sure for that." And I got up there and I just told him to get out of the house. And then he got out. And today, that guy, man, he sees me. He's like, 
hey, Tiago, oh my God, you're such a good guy. You're, I know how you are. I told him the truth, man. And he, everybody respects me because I, like, I look at both sides. I see what side is going to be, like, that needs the most. You understand? Like, I know that the guy wanted to be with his family and everything, but he's not with her anymore. So he can't be, man. He decided to get another woman. So he has to have that other woman and accept that. And, like, Hold on. Is crazy. this the favela you stay in right now? You're still that one? No, no. Yeah. Now I live in the favela that I used to live with. Okay. So you're, you were mediating problems in the other favela, correct? Yeah, the favela that you're, I was selling. You're trying, to, you're, you're trying to tell me a 17-year-old dude, kid, is mediating grown people's problems? I mean, this was three years ago. You were mm-hmm. doing that? Yeah. Hey, just... This is why I'm, I'm, I'm looking shocked. I should have done a better little intro at the start, but, you know, we, we were playing ball together in Belo Horizonte, and obviously the tattoos, I'm like, okay, something was fucking funky here, but – other than that, you're a very like genuine, nice kid. Like you would never always smiling. Yeah, you would never expect this kind of shit. You know what I mean? And obviously, you you spoke English, so we bonded right away, and you were helping me out and so forth. But I'm uh, I'm not saying I don't believe you, but it's like yeah, it's surprising and honestly. But, and I don't think anybody on the team knows like about my life, the full life. Only a little bit of guys, man. But like. Not everybody knows what I've been through, everything that I've been through. So, like, not everybody knows who I am. To Like, because what you have to do, what I learned for me to get out of that life of the crime, I have to leave those things behind, man. I don't even like to remember those things. Honestly, the things that I do, like, there's a lot of things that I, like, you know, that we're doing this live and everything. I can't say some things. There are some things that I can't say. But, like... I everything that I do, man, I remember what I used to be, what I have done and who I am today. I'm just so happy, man, honestly, of who I am today, because a couple years ago, I wouldn't care, man. I would. I, like I said, I was from the favela. I saw that I had nothing to lose. So I was just living my life like one day at a time. I didn't even care about my future. Well, that is the interesting part, though, because I wrote this down is mm-hmm. you did know better though because you you said you had a good life in the usa right and yeah. then you had you didn't have uh you weren't like a lot of these favela kids that just see the watcher and they're gonna do that for the rest of your life you actually saw exactly. bigger things right then yeah you go back you go back to brazil with that mindset but then it sounds like you got fucked up in the school you know with with uh stumbling with the words and then you wanted to overcompensate with power and women and like oh what do you mean I'll never be nothing you found the easiest shortcut through the the dope dealer but it's weird to me because you knew better then that's true that's true and every every day man I was in the crime I would see everything I would remember everything man I would remember my friends in the United States I would remember my life in the United States I would remember my mom my dad happy with me hugging me Every day I would remember, I knew that I had something to fight for. I would think that I had nothing to lose, but in deep, deep down, I knew that I had a lot of things to lose. And I knew that I had a lot of things to do still because I was young. I was, what, 17, 16, 15. I knew that I had a lot of things to do, but I was kind of blind. I don't know. I don't know how it is. I, I like I believe in God and everything. So I was thinking that like the devil, he was blinding me, man. I wasn't seeing what I was doing. I wasn't seeing the future that I had because like I just had that man in my mindset. I just had that. I'm going to be I would think 
I'm going to be a criminal for the rest of my life. I'm not going to get out of this life. I'm only going to get out of this favela if I die for this favela or if I'm in jail. Those are the only two times that I'm not going to be in here because I'm going to be in here for the rest of my life. But one day, man, I didn't have a choice, man. God got me. And he said, he like took out the blindness that I had. He's like, look at your future, man. Look at what you have. Look at what you can do. The first thing that you need to do is just stop throwing your time away. Stop being in crime. Start doing something. Start doing something. And then what did I do? I was paying six months of the of this jail time that it was like you would go home on the weekends and stay in jail. Hold on. Hold week. on. Before we get to your, your conclusion of getting out of the life, mm-hmm. I think, uh, did you have that in- invincibility teenager feeling too? Because I remember, obviously not on, on this scale, but doing a lot of dumb shit as a teenager and thinking like, consequences don't apply and like you know whatever like you know your, your empathy is not as developed like you don't see really necessarily into the future is that kind of how you were thinking though too living this yeah. life like, you know, i could become the boss of the favela and maybe i could be the lucky one that got out of it no exactly man that was not like, going to jail or die yeah yeah that's what i was saying that was my mindset i wanted to get higher and higher and higher like the way I began, man, selling like when I began selling drugs at that favela, I didn't have to be a watcher because my brother was already like somebody. He was already somebody in that in that organization. So he's like, "You don't need to be a watcher, man. You can already still start selling. So you're gonna start selling." And not just because the first day that I sold drugs at my brother's favela, my brother was in jail, so he didn't even know that I was gonna start. I got up to I got up to like the kids that were next to him there that sold with him. And I was like, hey, man, I want to sell drugs, man. And, you know, I'm, I'm Talson's brother. And let's go, man. Let, let me in the favela. I want to start I want to start with you guys. And I want to continue. You know that I'm going to be good. And then I started. So, like, um, it was it was pretty crazy, man. It was pretty crazy that those things. All right. So, okay. Now let's get to, yeah, the conclusion. So, you um... – Lead me up to when the blinders got taken off and you said God spoke to you. Yeah. So I just continued living my life, selling drugs and everything, doing all that I had to do, maintaining my my word. Because one thing that we really look here in Brazil is, our, is the person's word. If you are a guy that says what you're going to do and you do it, then you're a man. If you don't do what you said you were going to do, you're not a man. You don't have any words. We say here, too, that words don't make curves. So they don't go there and there and there. No, words go direct. They're one idea. If you were a guy with two ideas like, oh, I'm good, but I'm not good. No, you can't do that. You you have to have one idea only. Like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. No, you're going to do this or that. You can't do the two things at the same time. You know what I mean? So like you have here we use that we have to have a maintain you have to maintain your word and that's something that I people follow that in Brazil. (laughs) Yeah, it starts starts being on fucking time. They say they're gonna be somewhere at eight o'clock. Don't show up at nine thirty. I hate that. But anyway, that's that's true, man. It it's it's fucked up. But like in crime and and the the thug life, you have to you have to be very straight with your words. You have to be right, man. Even in the wrong life. Die. People die or go to jail with the, the wrong words. They don't do what they say they're going to exactly. do. Exactly. You know? And if you and if you don't do what you're going to what you said you were going to do, you die too. Like if I tell my boss that I'm this and I show differently, he's not going to 
trust me anywhere anymore. He may even want to kill me because they don't have nothing to lose. Like I said, those guys that me, I'm blessed because I had the opportunity to go to the United States and get to know my family and get to know that you can be somebody like just it just depends of, uh, on you. But the other people here, a lot of people here in Brazil, they don't see that. They just think it's normal. It's what they have. It's what they live for. My dad was the boss of the favela. I'm going to be the boss of the favela. My son is going to be the boss of the favela. We're going to everybody is going to be in the favela selling in the same thing. So, man, it's like it's it's pretty fucked up. But that's what I saw. And there were kids, man, little kids that would see me. They're like, hey, Tiago. I want to be like you when I grow up. And I'm like, oh, my God, you don't know what you're saying, man. Because I knew the life that I was living, that it was hard. Every day running from the cops. The cops got me arrested six times, but they put me on their hands more than 20 times. And they would get me. I've promised cops guns. I said, no, I'm going to go get the gun for you right now. And then they're like, all right, I'm going to wait here. And I'm like, all right. And I would go get the gun. And I would never show up again to where he was. I would just show up at the favela again, obviously, because I had my job. So the guy was. Hey, hold on, hold on. Do you ever worry about those same cops seeing you again, living civilian life? Nah, man, I don't worry about it. Because <laughs> I don't think they would remember me, honestly, because I changed a lot. There's so many people, man, that look at me. They're like, wow, I don't believe that you're that Tiago that was there in the favela that day. You do not look like that. You look way better. You're beautiful. Honestly, like, that's what people say. The vibe or your appearance? Like, what changed? The vibe? Everything, man. They say the vibe and the appearance. Like, principally the appearance because, like, you can see, man. I would, I would have to stay up 24 hours. Like I said, I would make 1,000 reels. On the bad days, there were days that I would make 2,000 reels, man. Like, on a Saturday, damn, it would sell so much drugs that I would stay crazy. I would stay with, like, this big of money on my hands in the morning so I could give to the boss. Like this much, even more. Sometimes like two stacks of this. It was a lot of money, man. We were one of the favelas that made most money here in Belarusante, and it's a big city. And so, like, um, and then in that case, I would stay 24 hours awake because it was 24 hours and 30 and 48 off. So it was like. I would work one day from 7 a.m. and get out only 7 a.m. on the other day. But I would what? I would have time to lunch. I would go to my house, take a shower at night, and come back and stay the rest of the, of the night. And I would have two days off. But the day that I got out, 7 a.m., I would sleep the whole day. And then at the other day, I would go back to the favela and joke a little bit, drink, smoke, do those things. And then I would go back home and 7 a.m. I would be there. So I lost a lot of sleep in my life. And that sleep, you know how sleep, man, it, it makes your appearance change like 100%. Nowadays, I sleep. Back then, I wouldn't even sleep practically. Um, so. well, hold on. Before you say the come to Jesus moment, um, just tell me quick, what can you all buy from the favela? Anything? Obviously, guns, drugs, um, prostitutes they don't prostitute much in the favela do they? no 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 prostitutes is like downtown can you get it what else can you buy like say something clickbaity i don't know you can buy cars man cars motorcycles they sell very cheap like obviously they're stolen and everything but um they have some right cars too like 
the owners of the favela, they get a lot of money. They open some things for them. They're not dumb, man. They're smart guys. Like they're the bot my bosses. If you look at them, man, no joke. They look like you. Some some of them. They look like you. They they Yeah, yeah, man. They 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 use very good clothes. They don't use like favela clothes and everything. They use only decent clothes, glasses, shoes, everything to make them look like a rich, normal person. So, like, you look at the person, you don't expect that he's the boss of the favela, but then you go and crash on his car and you say, Yeah, you motherfucker, son of a bitch. He kills you right now, right there, at that moment. He doesn't care. They don't care, man. They would get in my in the favela, they would come in shooting at the sky. Bow, 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 bow. You guys think that this place doesn't have an owner? I'm an owner. Go snitch on me now. Tell the cops to come here now. Tell them to come down here when I'm here. They don't come down here when I'm here. Because if they come down when I'm here, they're going to see what's going to happen. They would do that, man. They're crazy. But you look at the guy and you're like, oh, my God, he's a good person. He looks so good. He's not bad. Question. Then, yeah. Oh, my, my bad. Can they take any girl they want in the favela? Like if they say, hey, you're cute. You're with me now? Or they, no, not take. Back? Not take. Okay. They don't take like that. But the girls, they, they want, want they want him <laughs> because he has a lot of money. He has a big house. He has all the respect in the world. So like in the, in the place. So like, um, any girl's dream is to be with the boss of the favela. So they're not like a, I mean, maybe some are like just crazy dictators, but for the most part, they're, no, just, no. they're just like the King that's keeping everything in place. And no, they're, but some of them you, it sounded like are just psychopaths. I mean, yeah. And they're good people, man. Honestly, there some, some days they would give me money. They'd be like, Hey man, take this. You're being a, you're being a good person for us. You're helping us a lot. Take this. You want to take some days off? You can take some days off. They would call us, man. The owners of the favela. They go, let's let's get everybody together. We're gonna go rent a place and we're gonna stay there for the weekend. Everybody, there's a pool. There's we're gonna make barbecues. Everything is on us. Whiskey, everything. You guys don't need to buy anything. And we would do a bunch of things, man, for the kids in the favela. Every holiday, we were the ones that would buy everything. We would buy, um, like pools. We would buy food. We would buy Easter eggs for all the kids in the in the favela. Man, it's a beautiful thing, man, the project that they do. We would buy, like, toys, man, toys for everybody. We would buy shoes for everybody, clothes for everybody. The little kids would come to me, hey, Tiago, <laughs> Tiago. And I was like, take money, 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 money. Take Santa it. Claus. Yeah, and they would go buy their things. They'd be so happy. Like, even in the bad crime things there's something there are some things good man there's there are good people it, it reminds me i just i i've seen a lot of southern uh, italy and sicily and it reminds mm -hmm. me of uh, the mafioso i mean totally to it maybe a little more organized and a little more fancier but uh it's the same shit everywhere with the kind of the government neglected people um no one really cares so then someone's going to take power and if they can give some sort of security and be somewhat friendly then you know that's just so it's not much different than the government, for God's sakes. I always that's say the true, government, the government <laughs> is mafia with flags. You know, that's my whole thing. But mm -hmm. um, interesting. Okay, come to Jesus. We need to have a happy ending with this because yeah, yeah. you're some psychomaniac from Brazil. So <laughs> lead me like the last couple of weeks to the ending of the the crime life and to what happened. Your your revelation. So the first thing I'm gonna tell you is the last time that I went to jail. So it was like this. I was, like I said, I was the manager of the place. I didn't have to do anything. 
I was inside of my of this girl's house that I would that I would get. And me at her house, all of a sudden, the guys send me a message. The the owners, the bosses, they were like, hey man, get everybody out of the favela because the cops are watching you guys and you guys just have to hide everything and get out. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna tell the kids to get out and we're gonna stay chill. Thank you for telling us. And then I went and told the two people that were selling drugs for me. I was like, hey. Hide the things and get out, man. Get out of the don't don't stay in the street. Don't stay selling. If you guys want to come inside the house with me, you can stay inside the house, but you can't be with anything. You gotta be with nothing. And they're like, all right. So then they hid their things and everybody went. We went inside the house of this girl that I was that I would get. And um all of a sudden we just heard the cars coming down. Cause it was like a a bunch of apartments, like I said, this place, it wasn't exactly like a favela because they destroyed the favela and made all these apartments for everybody. And it was public. So it was an open place. And that's what it was. It, there was just one entrance and there would be the parking space and all the, the apartments around. And we would stay in the middle of those apartments. And then we'd run to the woods. We'd run to the backside. We'd run inside the school and everything. There was schools next to it. So, um, and then all of a sudden I heard the cars and they came in. The dogs would bark. So they barked. And all of a sudden somebody knocks on the door. Boop, boop, boop. And I'm like, oh, shit, who's knocking on the door? And then the guy goes to open the door. This guy that lived there, he's like, who is it? And then the cop said it with such a little low, low voice. man. I remember as if it was yesterday with like a girl voice. He was like, it's the police. And then the guy's like, really? It's the police? And he opened the door. As soon as he opened the door, man, the cop didn't even care. He just got him by his chest and he pulled him outside. He's like, come out here now. And then he pulled the guy that opened the door and closed the door. And then all of a sudden, the guy came back, came back, the guy and the cop. And they just went inside the house. I was laying down on the couch with the little kid on my lap. He opened the door. He was like, you get out, get up. And I'm like, what What do you want with me? I'm laying down here watching TV. And he's like, get out of that house right now, man, and come outside. And I got up and then I went out and he already said, this is the deal, man. I know that you're selling, that you were selling drugs here and everything. And I'm going to bring you guys to jail. It's you just tell me where the drugs are. And I'm like, first of all, I'm not selling drugs. I was here at my girlfriend's house. I'm just chilling inside her house. I'm not selling drugs. Are you seeing me with any drugs with any money right here? No, I'm not selling drugs. And he's like, man, shut up. We're watching you guys since morning. We're seeing everything that you guys are doing. You guys are selling drugs. You and those two people that are inside the house with you. And I'm like, then you're seeing things because I'm not selling drugs. I can tell you that for a fact. I'm here at my girlfriend's house and I'm not selling drugs. I didn't touch drugs any day today. And then he's like, no, you are selling drugs. Do you think that I'm stupid? And then he stayed with us. He stayed talking a bunch of shit. And then it came three cop cars. It was two that were from the shock. I don't know if you've seen the shock. They're the like one of the worst cops here in Brazil. Shock. They're a brown. Dude, I was talking about the one that was rolling through my Airbnb that goes to the favela, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Like they look angry and they're in like tough yeah. cars. Tough a guns. brown car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. That guy. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, the two shocks those and there was. Could, those dudes could just kill you if they want, right? Yeah, no they kill man. They they don't even care. They don't think twice. And then. Another cop car that was the Hawker. They're called the Hawker. They have the dogs. They come with the dogs. So they find everything, man. There's nothing stays hidden from them. 
And my drugs, man, I got the drugs and I put it all the way on the other side of that stream that I told you that they have. So they, so I put it in the middle of the woods and the dog found it, man. The dog, the dog went around the woods, went on the avenue and went down inside the woods. He didn't cross the stream. He went around and got the drugs and, and then he found the drugs. And then the cop was just like, we already found the drugs. We found all the drugs that you had and we're going to bring you guys to jail. I just want you guys to tell me that you are. Just tell me the truth. Why are you going to lie? And I'm like, I'm not selling drugs. I'm not. I'm at my girlfriend's house. And I denied it ever all the way to the police station. Then when we got at the police station, I was like, hey, you know what? Um, I'm going to tell you the truth. These two people that you got, they were only watching for me. I was the only one that was selling because they were older than 18. So I was doing what? I was trying to free them and keep just me. I was way higher in the rank, but I was under 18. I knew that I wasn't going to stay as much as them. And I tried to free them. I was like, look at, that's why people, I don't know, they, they love me too, because I'm, I'm like, I see the best for everybody. I don't care if it's going to affect me, but if it's going to be better for everybody, that's what I choose. So then I told them, you know what? It's all mine. I was selling, they were only watching. And if you want to know that I'm telling you the truth, you don't need to count how much drugs there are there. I'm going to tell you exactly the amount. But if you want to count just so you can be sure what I'm telling you, you do it. There's this, 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 and that. And he's like, all right. How much was this? I'm curious. Man, I don't remember exactly. Cause, but it was a lot of drugs because, like I said, I was the manager. So they didn't get the drugs with the kids that were selling. They got the drugs with me. It was all the drugs that we had. It was like a big bag like this. So of drugs. Give me an Cocaine. average. Like, at this point, yeah, like how much daily were you pushing? Man, it was like, damn, we would sell a lot of drugs, man. It would be like, it would be more than 30,000 reels of drugs every day. So like at that moment, I probably had like a value of like 10,000 drug, 10,000 reels of drugs with me. Okay. So yeah, 30,000 reals is six grand um, in dollars for everyone listening. How much does a gram of cocaine go for in uh, Brazil? Just for people to kind of understand like how much it's like, man, the, the pins that we would sell, it would be like 0 0.8. It wouldn't be one gram, but it would be 20 reels. So like, yeah. So I mean, you're talking, uh, fuck, four, like five, four, $4, $5 grams of cocaine in Brazil. And like, if everyone knows in the States, I'm not saying I'm a drug guy, but you're paying like fucking $100 grams, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. you're paying what, $5 grams here. Yeah. Um, you said, yeah, you said 20 reals for 0.8 divided by five, $4, $4, four dollars, five dollars yeah. for a gram, basically. Yeah. So listen to that though. So. A gram, he's selling for five dollars, and he was selling six thousand dollars worth of or drugs on him, right? You said daily, yeah. you said pushing, but you got caught with uh, ten thousand reais, which is yeah, like ten thousand. I don't want to do the math right now. Someone will do the math in the comment section, but that that's not no <laughs> wimpy weight right there. That's a lot of yeah, it's a lot of drugs, man. It would be it would be a, it would be a heavy bag, man, and big. It was like this big and and really heavy. But like um, so then he got everything. He counted and it was right. He's like, wow, <clears throat> that's true, man. There's that much because I knew how much drugs there were because they were all closed. None were open because they were all hidden for me to get the money with the kids that finished selling them 
and I would get the money with them and give them more. So I had all the drugs with me. They were all on my responsibility on the other side of the thing. So then, um, and then I even asked for the cop, you should see how they are killers and everything, but they are the most thugs, man, honestly. It's like two thugs, man. One thug is the crime and one thug is the cops. Because look, I told him, I'm like, damn, I'm going to go to juvie. I'm going to stay there a long time. It's already my sixth time going. You know what, man? You should please help me. Give me like at least two grams or a gram of weed so I can bring inside, so I can smoke inside when I'm there at the jail and everything. He's like, really, man? You can do that? And I'm like, yeah, if you give it to me, I'll swallow it. And when I get to the jail, I'm going to poop it out and I'll open it up and I'll smoke this the weed inside the jail. It's chill. We do that. And then he's like, really? All right. So in a little bit, you, you, I was talking to the sergeant. He's like, in a little bit, you, you, um, what's it called? You, you call me and ask to go to the bathroom. I'm going to get the bag and I'm going to bring the bag to the bathroom and I'll give you some weed inside the bathroom. And I'm like, all right. I waited a little bit. That was because I told him, like, I, I told him exactly what was happening. I was like, I'm the guy that was selling and th them too. You don't need to count. You can, I'm going to tell you how much. And then he counted. It was right. He got like happy. He's like, damn, this kid is telling the truth. So it is him. And then he accepted that. And I, then I called him. I asked him to go to the bathroom. He gave me, we went inside the bathroom. He's like, here, take one. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And right there, I already got the water in my hand. And I swallowed it. And then he's like, you want another one? And I'm like, yeah, you can give me another one. All right. And then he gave me another one and I swallowed it. That was the, the chief of the cops. And he was like, he had the face of a killer, man. He was, damn, I look at him. I'd be scared of him just by looking at his face. But then I went, and then I went to jail and I stayed, um, one, not even a week. I stayed like four days inside the juvie. And then they sent me to that other thing that I had to pay six months of jail time. That was coming home on the weekends and staying inside the jail during the week. But this jail that I would stay inside the week, it was like a house. And we just had to stay there. And there, they would have a lot of things. We would have to go to school. We would have to clean the house. We would have to stay with our friends, like stay with the other inmates. And they would have TVs and everything. So we would watch Netflix. We would watch movies at that house. Food. But everybody would have to wash the dishes and everything. It was like a normal house so we could get back to living in the world. And I did that for six months. Hold on. Hold on. Rehabilitation. But... How in God's, how is this possible that you can be in, this is your sixth time in jail, you get caught with that much dope, and you're close to 18, and they give you this, like that. I mean, it's good, they're trying to rehabilitate people, not just, you know, make them go get more fucked up in the, the prison or whatnot, but yeah, how is that possible that you got this sweetheart deal? It, it blows my Man, mind. I've seen, I've seen kids that killed another guy and got out in like a week because it was their first time. They killed a guy and got out in a week because it was their first time going to jail to juvie. So it's just um, like that in Brazil. Like you can do anything like you want when you're young. Yeah, exactly. You can do anything you want when you're young. But when you're 18, things change. Because then they you go to, <laughs> to the real jail and there the things are crazy. You don't stay just a week. The, the minimum that you stay there in the adult jail is six months just for you to get judged. So, so before you get charged, you're staying there for six months? Yeah. So, yeah, shit gets real serious for the, the adults, but they actually exactly. try rehabilitating the kids. Yeah. So they actually give an opportunity, man. And this time they said, you guys are going to choose. And, like, 
on my fourth month, my fifth month, I was like, you know what, man? If I was the manager and I go, the guys told me that the cops were coming and I went to jail inside of a house without nobody like outside, nothing was telling that I was inside that house. How did I go to jail being a manager? And like nothing explains the way that I went to jail. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get out of this crime. I'm not going to sell drugs anymore. I'm, I, I chose that. That was when God unfolded the blind. And he was like, think, just think. You're four months paying this thing. If you get out, you're going to get out and you're going to go back to the crime. No way. You can't do that. You can't do that to your life. And then I was like, all right. So I'm going to, I'm paying my things. I'm going to get out. The first thing I'm going to tell the guys is that I'm going to get out of the crime. I'm not going to stay in this thing anymore. I don't care. And that was the first decision that I took. So one day I went back and I told the guys, hey, man, I'm not going to I'm not going to be with you guys anymore. I'm sorry. I love you guys. You guys know that everything that I did was correct. I've never done anything wrong here inside this place and everything. But I'm going to get out, man. This life isn't for me anymore. And they're like, all right, man, we just need you one more day. If you can stay here since you're out of jail right now. Like I went down to stay the, for the weekend. Like since you're out, can you just stay today? And we're already gonna get somebody to stay for you. And I'm like, all right, I'll stay just today. How what, how close are you to turning 18 at this point? That was when I was like two months to turn 18. So they yeah. said, just stay one more day for us. One more day for us. And I was like, oh my god, this is like the thing. I, I because I I knew that like. They, they like you said it's hard for people to get out they didn't want to accept it They're like man really you're gonna go man but we need you and i'm like damn man you need me but i need to get my life right so i'm not gonna be able to stay man unfortunately i'm sorry and then the like, boss? No. like what was the boss saying no he, yeah the boss was like no man don't go please we need you you know that you are here with us for such a long time ever since you were younger and you're the only one that can run this favela the way that we want it because everybody that's going to come here is going to be new. They're not going to know how we work things. We're going to have to teach them. Now, like, nah, man, but unfortunately, I, you know, I love you. I love everybody, but I can't stay with you guys anymore because I already decided that in my life and I'm not going to be a thug, man. I'm not going to be a thug. This isn't for me. Look at me, man. I was, I was inside of the house and I went to jail. How do you want me to, are you crazy that, that, that doesn't, come in my mind how could that happen i'm not gonna be in this crime anymore and they're like no then all right then just stay just one more day and we're already gonna have someone to fill in your place all right and i'm like all right that's it and i stayed one more day and i got out even because they got crazy because when as soon as i went there to talk with them i was like you know what i'm already gonna go to the middle of the woods i'm gonna see if anything if there's anything left because the things that i owe i'm gonna pay when i get out so then I already went and I got all the money, man. There was like this much money inside the woods. They got crazy. They're like, wow, you know how to hide things. And I'm like, yeah, I know how to hide things. The dog found only the drugs and the gun, but they didn't find the the money. So then I how just had was it? like, give me an estimate. How much money was it? Damn, man. It was a, it was a lot of money because we had already I went to jail. It was like nine at night. So we'd probably sell like we had already sold like 15,000, like 12,000. Oh, it was around that. one day. Just from that one day. You hid the money. Okay. That's yeah. what you normally did. You always hid the money in the woods and then got it back later or what? Yeah. Oh, okay. Always. And the drugs and the woods and everything, everything was hidden. They were all, they were like, they gave it in my hands and I had to do whatever I could to hide it from the cops and give one by one to the people that were selling. So then um, 
And then I I decided to do that. And I got out. And that same moment that I got all the money, I already got my part. I'm like, I'm not going to stay without money because <laughs> you know how it is. So then I got my part and I gave them theirs. And I'm already saying, and I already said, man, I'm going to work now as a an actual job. And I'm going to pay you guys day by day. I'll pay you whenever I can the best way possible. You guys know how I am. I'm not going to let you stay without the money. And they're like, all right, man, it's chill. You can go, you can work, and you can pay us whenever you can. So then I stayed paying them for a while. It was a pretty paying big. Paying the favela off your normal money. Yeah, because of the drugs that I lost. Or I would oh, stay because yeah. it was a lot of drugs, man. But it wasn't yeah. just – I didn't have to pay everything by myself. So we divided, like, those 10000 with the three people, me and the other two. So it was, like – it was a total, like, 4000 3000 for each. Yeah. It was yeah. like that, like 3500 It didn't pass You didn't pay them back for that. Okay. Yeah, and then I worked and I gave them back. But that was like when I decided to do that, look what happened. Me paying my jail time, I didn't fin- I hadn't finished yet. And they said, hey, we have an opportunity of a job. This is what's going to happen. We need the three best inmates that we have here, the three best kids that are with the best behavior, that are, work- that are um, working inside the house, that aren't fighting with anyone. They're like, all right. First one, Tiago. Tiago's going to come because he's doing everything everything well, everything right. He's not doing anything bad. So Tiago's going to be one. Do you want Tiago? Do you want to work? And I'm like, yeah, I want to work. Let's go. I'm ready to work. I already decided to not go back to the crime. So this came at the perfect time. And then they're like, oh, then that's it. And that's it. So let's start working. And they did all the process and everything. I got accepted to a job that I would get half of a salary. Look at how much I would make now. 500 reels per month that I would make more than double that in one day. <laughs> yeah. That should tell the listeners like, so before you're making 2000, like at, you're making 2000 reals dealing dope a day. Yeah. Now, 500 reals for like probably a, what is a manual labor job a month, a month. <laughs> crazy, man. That's, crazy. that's, that's very, that would make me be like, It'd be hard to not go back to the crime. Like, fuck. Exactly. Like, it, it was very hard, man. It was terrible. It was like, uh, that's why most people go back to the crime. Most kids go back. Because here in Brazil, if you're younger than 18, that's the maximum that you can get. It's 500. It's half a wage. That's you know $100. I mean? Well, now the rate's a little lower. That's $100 a month for you listeners. $100 yeah. a month. And how many hours a day were you working? Four. It was only four hours a day. Five days a week? Yeah. Hundred dollars for four, fuck, four times twenty a week, twenty. Fuck, hold on. Eighty hours. Twenty hour weeks. Twenty hour weeks. A uh, hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, man. But then I decided to do, and what was that? But that job was more of like a course, man. So I did this audio, audio visual course. So I would learn how to make take pictures. So I know how to use a camera. I know how to edit a video. I know how to do a lot of things, man. So I learned and I would get money to learn. So that was the job. So I would learn for four hours and get paid half a wage. So um, 500 reels a month. So then all of a sudden me doing that, it was a contract for one year of that job. So that was the time for me to like get my life ready and everything. So I turned 18. The first thing I did started taking out my, started getting my driver's license. So I did that working. 
And after that, man, I saw the opportunity to join the football team because I told the woman at my job, look at this. I told the woman at the job that I got from the jail time that I loved football, that I've lived in the United States, that I speak English. And she's like, wow, that's that's crazy. You're like the you're the star here because you're the only one that speaks English. So I was basically the star at the job. And she told me, I have a friend of mine that used to be my student. He used to play football for Batchimbu Dogs. So that's the team that I play on for today that became Cruzeiro FIA. It used to be Batchimbu Dogs. And I was like, then let me talk to him. I, what if I can join the team? I don't know. I can do anything. I can play for whatever position they want. Like, in the United States, I know how to play football. I know, like, all the rules and everything. I just need practice because I've never actually, like, played on a team. But in the United States, I would play on our backyard. I would play in school. I would go to my brother's practice because he used to play on the team. And I would go, and I know football. I love football. It's, like, my favorite sport. Are you crazy? And then she's like, all right, then I'm going to get a chance for you to talk to him. I'll send you his number. And I talked to him. And he he's like, really? You want to play and everything? I know the coach. And, like, I used to play for him and everything. I'm going to talk to him about you. And maybe you can join. Let's see. Then he's like, all right. And all of a sudden, he sent me a message. He's like, man, I talked to my coach, and he wants to talk to you. And I talked to the coach. And I was like, hey, I'm I'm not going to lie. I've been to the United States, so I know football, but I've never played on a team. But I can learn how to play. I've, I can play any position that you want. What position do you need? I, I will get better. I will do what you need for me to play on that position. I don't care what it takes. I will play for the position that you need. I will do what I have to do. And he's like, really? We're needing receivers. And I'm like, wow. That's like the best fit for me, a wide receiver. So, Yeah. Tiago, one second. Yeah, hold on. We're getting a little glitchy. Let me write it down. Hold on. Hey, just talk. Just talk to me. Talk quick. So, and then I... No, no, hold on, hold on. Uh, move around a little bit. Uh, it's a little... Hey, exit out and come back in. Exit out and come back in. All right, all right. 158... Maybe I won't edit this because it takes a little time. This is a good episode, huh? It's a freaking great story. He's a great kid. Fantastic kid. I was going to go to the favela and record this like a, a vlog walking through. I think I'm going to go back and, and do it. But very nice dude. Genuine dude. So put this down here. Yeah, there we go. Jeez. Hope everyone is doing amazing. If you're two hours into this. I love it. I love the support. Ah, right, there he is. Let's see if we got him decent. Okay, talk there, to you. there you go. Is it yeah. better? Yeah, so they said you can play a receiver. Yeah. Or... Yeah, so then I could play. They needed a wide receiver, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to do whatever I can to, to be the best. And then I started going to the practice. It was on the form, the formation team that we call it, the – base team so there man I was a star man they saw that I really knew what I was doing that I knew that I had to what I had to do I just started to practice more and more and I started to stand out so they're like wow you can come you can start coming to the practices of the 
of the principal team just so you can watch and see how it is, ask questions. I'm like, all right. So I stayed one year on that formation team. But during that process, on my on my job, I got an opportunity to run a, a half marathon and I ran it. I got another opportunity when I started playing football. Um, I got my driver's license too. And then I um I saw another opportunity that was what this other course for me to get paid the same amount, 500 reels a month. But this time it wasn't going to be about audiovisual. That's like the technology things. It was a mechanic course. So there I went and passed on this test. It, so it wasn't for like I couldn't just go into the job. I had to do a test to see if I was capable of joining. And that was a test of Senai here in Brazil. That's like one of the best schools that we have to form professionals. So it, it's a very hard test. And I went, I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to pass on it. Look at who I am. I still don't have not, not even my middle school done. Who am I going to be to, to try that? But I'm going to go. And I went and I tried it and I passed. So I got accepted, man, for that job. So now I was working on two jobs. It was already halfway through one. So I was getting a thousand reels. One was in the morning and one was in the afternoon, both four hours. So what, what, what was I doing? I was getting my food at the end of this job. I would get my food. I would get inside the bus. I would eat inside the bus going to my other job and I would go to the other job and then I would work and then I would come home. When I was coming home, I would go straight to school to finish my school because I started studying again. So I went and finished middle school and I started studying high school. And um, at 18. At 18. And by the way, side note, those buses are so shitty in Brazil. Like I see 100 people stacked inside of them. That would be tough. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's really full. Trust me. Especially on the way back, man, I would never come down sitting on the bus, always standing up. And sometimes I wouldn't even have to hold because of everybody inside the bus. Like we would all be crowded like this. Sometimes I, I was at the bus stop. I would like give the signal for the bus to stop. They wouldn't stop, man. Like I've waited for nine buses, nine buses passed straight full of people. They didn't even stop at the bus stops. And then another bus came and I got it like the 10th bus, the 10th bus. So like. It was hard, man, coming home. Trust me. And all that, now I'm making a 1,000 reels a month, <laughs> working eight hours a day, having to get, look, like, man, I would stay more than more inside the buses than working because I would only work far. So I would get, just for me to go to the first job, it would be two buses. And then the second job, it would be another bus to go the two more buses to go to that job and then to come home two more buses so it was six buses at the total of the day sometimes i would even have to get the train to go to another place where the job wanted me to go to learn what, what, how much were you sleeping but i would sleep good man cuz i would get uh, home i would get home from school at like 10:20 but you were weren't you practicing too football no for the formation practice was oh, only on saturdays okay yeah. But um, listen to this, though. Everyone listen to this. So he was making $200 a month with the multiple things and catching fucking six different buses. Like how – I mean, it, it would take – you have to be a very strong mindset to – well, especially if you already experienced the life of having money in Brazil and with the girls and all that stuff to go through this bullshit. 
I mean, yeah. that's not easy, bro. Like that is that's two hundred dollars a month, and your life was probably like boom, 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 and shitty. It's impressive, very impressive. Yeah, thanks, man. And that was when I also in this other course of mine that I got the football. This teacher of mine, he was like, "Man, you speak English. We got to do something with that English, man. You you have something that nobody has. We got to start doing something. Let's start trying to make you a teacher." Have you ever thought of that? Give English lessons? And I'm like, wow, I've thought about that. And that's a very good idea. He's like, yeah, you're going to work from inside of your house. It's good. And I'm like, all right, what can we do? Let's start. And then we started the project. Today, I give English lessons until today. I still give English lessons. Like before this meeting, I was given an English lessons from my house right here. Chill. So what do, make, everything what do you make on that again? Tell me what you make on the English lessons. It, it depends because I give English lessons for myself like particular. And I also work nowadays. I was going to get to that. I also work at an English lesson company. Cause that I met the kid from my football team. He's like, you speak English. My wife works at an English school and they need an English teacher. They, they want to contract an English teacher. How about you, man? You give English lessons for yourself. You should go. And I'm like, man, but I don't even have my high school done yet. And then he's like, Man, they need the high school done, but I don't know. You're you speak English fluently, man. I don't think they can deny the work for you. So just go, man. Go with faith. And I'm like, yeah, God has done so many things in my life that has kept me alive sometimes that I should have died. And why wouldn't he how wouldn't he like let me get this job? This is easy for him. So then I went and I tried the job, man. And the guy was amazed. The the owner of the English school, like I was speaking English with him and he couldn't like understand me that much because I was speaking so good. He's like, wow, I'm speaking to an American. It's basically an American. You don't even look like you're Brazilian. And I'm like, thank you very much. I am very blessed that I got the opportunity to live in the United States. And he knew that I lived there and I told him my story. And he's like, wow, man, you don't even need to have your high school done yet. You're you're accepted, man. You're going to work here for me. And I'm like, all right, but I'm going to have my high school done like next month. I'm almost graduating and I was almost graduating. So I got that job and I was grad. Then I graduated. So like if you think about it in like two years, three years, I flipped my life upside down. I graduated. I got my driver's license. I worked ever since I got out of crime. I've only worked with my um. here. We have this thing that it's called our job wallet. That's what we use to know every place that you worked for a company. And ever since I got out, I've always worked for a company. And that's like there's people that still they can't work for a company because they don't have their school. They don't they can't speak the language. And me, I got the opportunity to do all that. Play football. I ran a marathon, started working out. Man, it was like my life got flipped up upside down. Graduated the audiovisual course, graduated the mechanic course. And now I'm working, giving English lessons and particular and on the school and man that on the total playing football too like I'm getting paid like if you think about it in the total it's being like um 2,000 reels per month the total that's good because I live with my I live by myself I built my own house I also forgot that I built my own house man with that money of me working on those two jobs a thousand reels I built my own house here in Brazil Whoa, 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 not your family's house? You're, you build a house in favela yourself? 
Yeah, but like it's in my parents' um, oh, it's like it's separated in space. It's in the space, but I built my house. For example, like in the backyard, I built my house for me, so I live by myself. And yeah, minimum wage is like twelve hundred reais, and like a lot of people earn minimum wage, so you're making yeah. you're making eight hundred more, almost fifty percent more than minimum wage. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and working. Oh, I'll, I'll make a point though. What you just said is great lessons for everyone. First of all, on um, limiting mindset. Like, oh, I didn't have my high school. Like, I'll never get this job. Then you just went for it, and it worked out, the English speaking. Yeah. And then the other factor was um, everyone has skills that they don't uh, fully appreciate or understand you can monetize or do something with. Like, you you were living with an amazing skill in Brazil, being able to speak English, and you never did shit with it, right? Besides getting made fun of because you didn't know Portuguese. And then you found your place, and now you earn good money from it, like – Everyone needs to look at themselves with that and say, like, damn, what am I not utilizing that uh, could be valuable to someone? Because everyone's got something that is unique to them that that could make a difference somewhere. So I wanted to make those two points. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I agree completely. And that was like, that's totally inside of your mind, man. You got to you can't like think less of you. You got to think more of you. Like, you know that you're capable of something, but you got to think that you're more capable of more. Like you can never get satisfied. You got to want more. So then um, like I started playing football and everything. So I, um, I, what was I saying, man, before that, what you said? Basically everything came amazing for you. And uh, you, yeah, I think the football, you're about to say, I think for, I think younger people, the game of football or these certain lessons that uh, they should internalize. I think you were getting to that, that point. No. And hold on. While we're talking, I need to order an Uber for a beautiful Brazilian girl. I think it's going to go that long, but I wanted to keep going because you're, you're doing amazing. And I want to ask you yeah. some questions about something else after. So All I think right. maybe talk about opening your mind to opportunities, taking advantage of them. Um, you said from God that he opened your eyes and then um, like maybe showing the kids that, Hey, look, there are different avenues. Um, I know we talked about American football, how, like the structure, the discipline, being with the team, all that shit has paid big dividends for you. Yeah. And yeah, but just like everybody, they like they limit themselves here. So you gotta unlimit, man. You gotta understand that there's more than that. Like I could speak English and I found football. Those two things come together. Maybe somebody that you have something in you that will come together with another thing that you will stand out. You will be good. Like me, I don't know, but basically I started playing football and it was, what, 2021? I stayed one year on the formation team, just practicing on Saturday and studying football at my house and everything. The next year, as soon as an American coach came to Brazil to be our coach, he, he noticed that I was like, that I was getting better and everything. So he's like, man, you don't even need to go to the formation team anymore. You're here at the principal. Now you, you've you learned what a wide receiver does and everything. You just have to keep practicing with us and get better. You're good. So then I I started practicing more and more, and I got better. Like, um, you just got to think. That, that's man. something I can attest to, too, because, um, you know, as you started off, you know, you're a fast little slot receiver, but mm-hmm. uh, you just kept listening, listening, you know, like I'm hard on dudes too. Like I don't play games and okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Boom. I'll add this to my repertoire. And by the end, before I left, like you were catching touchdowns, you're on the same yeah. page. 
Um, Having, and here's what's crazy is that coming from Mr. El Chapo leading a favela and then to see some, you know, arrogant, big ego guy come in here and say, do this, do that. And then to take it because you realize like I've, you know, I've done this for a while. Like I know anyone yeah. on good side because I'm throwing you the football, but you're, you're, you are open to all the suggestions. Right. And I think that is definitely key. Like maybe, yeah, in one area you could have had me killed, but in this area, like, Hey, maybe it's smart to, to listen to what I'm saying, which is, which is smart. Cause that's hard to get rid of that ego. Me yeah. I have a problem with it too. Like anyone tell me any sort of things to do that there, there's an issue. And if I had the power that you said you had in the favela, like where I could make, you know, people dead or, you know, or whatnot, I wouldn't take shit. I wouldn't listen for, to nobody. Sure. You should see me in the formation team, man, in the beginning. Like there were some players that would honestly, like, I don't even like to say this, but there's some players that didn't treat me good, man. They would like, they wouldn't like me. I don't know why, man. But one day me, like me, when I was in the formation team, I had like just gotten out of the crime and everything. So I had, I was like, very fresh with that mindset of crime and everything. This kid just called me. He's like, he called me a son of a bitch, man. And I was like, are you crazy, man? Like in the crime and you never talk about somebody's mom, man. And if you talk about someone's mom, you're giving them the, the reason to kill you, man. And this guy just called me son of a bitch. You can't talk any, you can't say that when nobody asks you. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not even going to say anything. Honestly, I just held back and I was like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to bring God. And I think what gave me that peace is God, man. That's the only thing that gives me that peace is God. Because even today, man, I, I go through through some things that I'm like, wow, you have to really hold on so you don't say what you want. So you don't do act like act angry out of your mind. I always think before I do something because it's very hard, man. In this world, we're getting tested every day. Every day it's a test. And if you pass, you're going to learn and you're going to get better. And if you don't pass, you're only going to get worse. So that's yeah, what I do, man. I, I take everything. Everything that somebody says to me, I use it to get better. If someone slaps me, man, if someone hits me in the face, man, I'll turn the other way and I'll let them hit the other way. I don't want nothing. I just I'll learn with that. I'll be like, if you did that, that was for some reason. And I'm going to make sure you don't do that ever again. I'm not going to give you the reason to do that ever again. It's pretty crazy, but that's what I, I'm learning with God, man, that you have to you just have to trust God that he's going to do whatever has to be done. Like, I trusted him, and he brought me to where I am today. And I'm an example, man. A lot of friends of mine, a lot of friends of mine that were selling drugs, that were crazy in this world, they got out of it. They got out of the crime. They looked at me. They're like, wow, Tiago, you gave me the inspiration, man. I'm not a criminal anymore. I'm not selling drugs anymore because of you, man. I saw your way. I saw that you can get out of this. I saw that we don't need this. Look at you. You didn't even know our language, man. And you came to this place and you suffered, suffered, suffered. And now look at you. You're doing college. You're playing for a professional football team, Cruzeiro. That's like my dream team. I love that team. And you built your own house. You got your driver's license. Look at all the things that you accomplished. And honestly, nothing is for me, man. I do everything is from God because it was from the moment that he took that blindfold off because I was willing to give my life for the favela. I was willing to die for my brothers, for my homies. But I got blind and now I'm, I can see again, thank God. And I just want to get better and do my best in everything, man. That's it.
Yeah, and I hope the the blind is removed for someone that, that watches this, that listens to it. Obviously, yeah, it's going to be too. tough for the favela kids. They don't speak English. But I guarantee you a lot of dudes in the USA going through shit or thinking about joining the, the bad life could hear a story from you who no hood in America is anything like growing up in the favela in Brazil. Let's get that straight. That's right? true. So That's if, true. You can, if you can get your shit straight and, and go through what you did and, and find the right path um, – I'm pretty sure anyone that speaks English can can figure it out too. So uh, definitely, um, hold on. Before I end this thing, I want to hear. So, do you have any meaningful tattoos? Because you're covered them. Like, is there any of it like gang inspired, or how did you get them in jail? Like, I'm curious on that. Because here's when I first saw you, I'm like, oh shit, this looks like Brazil. Like, to be honest, <laughs> it was like a, you know, you grow up in the USA, you hear of MS13, which is eradicated now because the El Salvador president just took out everyone. He's doing a great job. I like him a lot, but um, you look like a, a El Salvador, like just a fucking killer. Right. So I'm yeah. curious, what is the tattoos and all that shit to stand for? Man, honestly, like I have a lot of tattoos on my body that are clowns. And like here in Brazil, we use that to like a lot of, they say that people do clown tattoos that kill cops. But honestly, that stopped like there's a long ass time that that has stopped that doesn't mean that it mean but we still use that to show our hate our our suffering that we've had on the hands of the cops of the people that they've killed that we love that that makes us hate them so all of the the ta a bunch of tattoos that i have on my body are clowns and they represent that i don't like cops unfortunately they're not all. I know a lot of cops that are my friends and everything, but there are a lot of cops in this world that don't like they don't do what they should be doing, man. They should be protecting us. They're not protecting us. They they're hitting us like my brother. He went now that he's in jail. He wasn't with anything, man. He wasn't with any drugs. He wasn't with any guns. The cops just threw the guns, threw the drugs on him and said that they're there, that they are his. And my brother's word against the cop's word in front of the judge is nothing. So my brother can't say anything. And the cops planted drugs on him and send him to send him to jail. So like they've killed my friends. I've seen cops kill my friends. What they've done to me so many times, hitting me, trying to find out where drug is. Why can't they just accept that they got me with nothing? They got to hit me and they got to torture me to find more drugs. No, that that shouldn't happen. I've seen them them beating workers man people that work they have their jobs they would beat them like just for nothing man for for being where they are and like the guys for example they park their car here in front of a place and they're taking something out and the cops want to get in the favela they're gonna be wow you're working for them you're working for them stopping us what are you doing the guy's taking out his groceries so like I have a lot of hate for cops, but not all. Like I said, I have friends. They are Some people are amazing cops. They do their job. Sometimes they got me. They're like, I got you. You lost. You're going to jail. There's nothing else that you can do. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. I accept. One day I win, one day I lose. <laughs> and then I lost. But um, hold on, hold on. To make this point on this, because it was obviously a very heated debate the last couple of years with the George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter and whatnot. So mm -hmm. in, in my opinion, um, for sure, a lot of cops, okay, not a lot, but a good percentage never had power, you know, growing up. And once mm -hmm. you get that power, power usually corrupts. So they start doing some, some dumb yeah. shit, but on the defense of them. Okay. Like you said, they planted stuff on your brother. Okay. 
but they knew probably your brother and like it has been said, was doing shit the whole time. Right. Yeah. And so also if I was a cop and I had to go into that favela and every time I went in there, I thought that I might not see my, my wife or my kids again. Obviously my mindsets can be a lot different. And lot. Like, I see a dude like you, bro. Like I'm not listening to shit. Cause I know that I could be dead. You know what I mean? I, I and I could never see him again. So like the game is fucked up. And me, like, yeah. I obviously like, uh, oh, in Brazil, here's the, here's the difference. In Brazil, I love cops. Because when I see a cop, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm safe. No one's going to rob me. <laughs> Don't protect me. But uh, in the USA, like, fuck, when they pull me over, fuck cops. Like, are you kidding me? I'm not doing nothing. Like, this is bullshit. Yeah, man, it's crazy. But I, I see definitely both sides. And um, I do think we somewhat, we, yeah, we do need them. Because there's a lot of fucked up people in this world. Yeah. Someone that can stomp them down. But I also see the bootlicker side where, they're just following orders from the top dog and keeping uh, the rich people in Brazil and their gated communities safe and making life hell for, for you guys. But it's, it goes both ways. Yeah. Just like psychopaths in the favela, there's psychopaths in the police department. And um, of course for you to see that, like you said, is impressive because you were in a war with them, you know, for the majority of those, you know, years that you were doing your thing. So that's why the point I had to make. Yeah, no, that's fast. It's fast. And I also, I have one more thing, one more tattoo that I think that like it fits in with the the clowns too. Is that I have on my whole chest, like right here, this whole thing. It's written even in the smile. Maybe the heart feels pain. I know so it's like, weird, but I know it's weird. But could you show like the just take out the shirt because this yeah, is yeah, like, I can show really it. gang crazy shit. So like it's basically this the tattoos. So like it's right here that I have this. Even in the smile, maybe the heart feels pain. And I have a clown right here. I have some clowns right here. This and that one. I have a gun with an assault rifle. A kid with an assault rifle sitting down. And I used to have this hat too. A hat just like I have another clown right here. Then right here I have the Statue of Liberty with the gun in her hands. Uh, another gun right here. They're pretty. Then I have this blessed by God on my hand. I have this other clown on my back. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, wait, hold on one second, one second. Yeah, okay, got it. And I see the money symbols. So basically it's all money, guns, you know, clowns. And like, what do you feel now? Like it just, it's like a representation of your past or do you feel yeah, like? That's exactly okay. what it is. Like some, like the one on my hand right here, I want to, like get rid of them just because it's on the hand and everybody sees it. But the rest, man, I, every time I take off my shirt and I look in the mirror, I remember everything that I've been through. So I thank God for everything that I'm living right now, man, just for me to have the peace to sleep, just for me to, man, honestly, I thank God for everything, man, everything, honestly, just before I didn't have freedom. Like I had freedom to do what I wanted, but I didn't have freedom to live my life peacefully. Now I have freedom to actually live my life peacefully. I can get inside of, I can walk in the street normal. I don't care about the cops. Cops come next to me and I say, hello, good afternoon. I don't care about them. I don't have to worry. I see thugs like from the other places that I used to have war with. I don't even care because they don't know who I am anymore. And my friends I see them. They see me. They see the story that I have. They see what I did. I don't even have to tell them my story because they saw everything. 
and they get amazed, they get happy, they get out of the crime because of me. Not because of me, because of God, obviously, but but by using me to show them that there is another way. That's like the most thing that I get happy with is seeing my friends get out of crime and say, man, it was you. I inspired on you. I saw that you did it and I knew that we all can do it. And that's it, man. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to make my mom happy. Same idea that I have in my mind. Just get a job and make my mom happy. That's it, man. And live your life. So it was crazy, man. It was crazy, but it, I, I like it. So I use this just to remember. I don't hate anybody. I don't hate nothing. I I think five times before I step on a little ant, man, honestly, I think, damn, an ant's a creation of God. I can't kill it. Why would I kill an ant? Didn't do anything. Bugs, everything, man. I, I can't even think about doing nothing bad to nobody. Honestly, everything I have is to really remember about my past and see what I have accomplished and everything. And there's nothing more satisfying than actually hearing from my friends, man, hearing from everybody that I, I've i seen doing these bad things, see that they changed the way of their life. They said, man, I got out of the crime because of your inspiration, because of how I saw that you were able to get out of this crime life. And I'm also going to be able to. I know that everybody has a a special gift in them that they can use to do good things. So like, basically, man, that's what I think about Brazil, that everybody has to open their mind to see that they have a possible future. Because every most people here think that they, they have this, just this. This is the world, Brazil. But when they get to know, like I got to know the United States, you can see different cultures, you can see how the world is big, the different opportunities that we have. Man, that that's it, man. You just have to be able to think about your future. Not live one day by the, at a time, but think like five years after, ten years after, how is life gonna be? If you think that it, if you see that it's gonna be a little bit bad, you still have time to change. And it's never late. Just like me, I stayed in that those life, that bad life all my time, all those years, and one day I decided to stop and start making the right decisions it was one day i was always making bad decisions but that one day that i started making the first good decision after that just came kept on coming good 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 things good 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 thoughts and that's it man god he opened my mind opened my eyes and now i just want to continue living and making the best out of everything keep honoring god because if i would not be here if it wasn't for him and my family, my friends, and everybody, just that. And you know it, Nicholas. It was a great time that we had right now, talking, expressing our feelings and everything, talking about our countries, the different types of people, the different types of lives here in Brazil. And it was amazing, man. I liked it a lot. And it was a pleasure being here with you. And let's keep on going, man. One day we'll talk again. And one day you show up in Belarizante. So we can maybe do one like this personally, answer some more questions that people have. If anybody has any questions in the comments, we can answer them later on. But that's it, man. And everybody just take some time to think about your life and what you're doing. Because I've, I forgot to tell you this, but I've, I've, um, I've spoken to a lot of kids that are in the same place that I used to be in, in the jail. I've went there, I talked, 
we've made meetings like this and a lot of them decided to change their lives and i know that somebody hearing this is probably going through something like it it doesn't have to be exactly like it because everybody's life is different but just always know that there's still good to come and that you you are able you are able to do whatever you want you just have to want that you have to study you have to do everything possible to make that happen and it's all in your hands all right and i'll see you nick it was a great time with you bye bye man